accessing library computer data. Hello, Chexers. This is just a quick message to say that we had some technical sound difficulties whilst recording our latest episode over Skype. We hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Engage podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Phil. And I'm Simon. And today we're going to be doing our season two review of Next Gen. And we have, of course, Sarah back on again, the original tip from the Trekkie Girls. Hello. Woo! Woo! <laughs> back on again. Yay! Thank you for having me again. Of course, it's always it's not, a pleasure. Not Sarah. long after um, our last episode with you when we went down to see you guys road trip yeah that yes. was good that was fun <laughs> we've done quite well actually if you think about it we've done really really well <laughs> i've just realized actually then this will be the fourth time you've come off come on with us then sarah i think yeah yeah it will so, be actually because it was yeah. season one with you then we did um tro- tropes yeah then obviously um oh, still mary void thank you sir and now yep. this one yeah so I think you're our most featured guest, I think, actually. Everyone oh, wow. Been. What a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need Aww. to get Sarah a name badge at this rate. Yeah. Get you a, <laughs> get you a name badge. Honor, honorary guest. Yeah, honorary get guest. you a name badge. The engaged podcast picture of us three and your name on, their name on it as well. I would wear it with pride. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may be getting that title probably sometime next year, so I won't be surprised about that. Okay, I look forward to properly, it. Properly, properly uh, honorary <laughs> member. I think something like that. <laughs> so don't be surprised if you get him and go, hey, Sarah, you know that as well. And you go, oh, great. She'll be properly strained. Like, oh, no. Chipmunks as well now. Oh, great. <laughs> you'll, you'll wear the badge all the time, even when you sleep. Of course. I will never take it off. Brilliant. So yep. season two. Yeah, another 20, well, 22 episodes to get through. So mm-hmm. not as much as the first season. No. Thank God. <laughs> I'm sure we can make it last just as long. Yeah, probably. But we just want to obviously, again, let people know this will be as long as the previous one. So feel free to listen to it in bits if you like. Or not so. at all. Aww. 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 No, I said this last week. We only had 20, 20 listens to it on um, SoundCloud. So, hey. Well, that's 20 more than whenever. So. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> All just got to enjoy it. That's what it's all about. As, as you said, size. So as, as long as one person's listening, it, it, it everything we do is it is it, it... enjoyable. Yeah. As long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Yes. Indeed. And we get to get the Trekkie girls on. Yeah. Which is always luck. Which is always a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so should we dive straight into our first episode? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I yeah. just want to point out that I watched them all in HD Blu-ray. Get you. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll just watch it in the standard, but hey. Yeah, me too. And it was a while ago, so <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> I, I watched them all. I watched them all more recently, but the uh, well, the first lot I didn't need to because I watched a lot of them. But this is the last lot I watched, and yeah, we'll go into that. Because <laughs> you actually yeah. watched Lucky them. Lucky second, Phil. second to last episode. Was, Bloody brilliant, but yeah, moving on. So, <laughs> well, that's for in that episode, Phil. Well done. What, so you actually watched the rest of the season, then, Phil? Yes. Oh dear, that must be. I told you all of this, but when we when we when we did our last when I, when we did our last um what's it called, Mabel? Episode. Episode, Phil. Mm. It's called. That's I what we do. That's what, you, we, Phil. that's what we do. Episodes, Phil. I yes, believed you, Phil. <laughs> I, I couldn't honestly remember, Phil. My 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 memory's been a bit of a scramble recently, so. 
No, that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. Anyway, the child. The child. The child. The Jamie. I mean, the child. <laughs> <laughs> just, be, just because we're on Skype, Phil, doesn't mean I still can't give you a clip around the year next time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so who wants to do the synopsis for this then? Go on then. The Enterprise's new chief medical officer, Dr. Pulaski, is faced... Nothing's wrong with Plastic. Um, right. Yeah, I actually have to uh, agree with Si on that one, but we'll ah, she's, she, she's, she's not a chip off the old block, definitely not. We mean Beverly. Yeah. yeah you were Sorry, I interrupted that later your introduction on. there. No, but it was a very fair introduction. So we got as far as Dr. Pulaski comes on. <laughs> what, else? <laughs> what else happens in the episode? <laughs> I don't know now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Enterprise's new when... chief medical officer, Dr. Plasky, is faced with a, a mystery when Troy is impregnated and gives birth to a rapidly maturing child. Meanwhile, Enterprise is forced to carry a deadly plasma plague on a mercy mission. I'm going to say straight off, this episode does very well in establishing um, characters here, here. and the positions that they're in. Hey, hey, um, you've got Dr. Crusher going off to Starfleet, uh, medical, uh, Wesley, um, staying aboard the ship, yep, being uh, looked after by the crew, Dr. Riker's Plasky... beard, Riker's beard, Riker's There's beard, that, yeah. <laughs> no longer in some baby face, it was a good way of opening up the season though, to be fair, if you think about it, let's just change everything you know about the first lot, and we'll make it better, Dr. Yeah. Plasky being aboard, brought on board the ship, and Geordie being promoted, and obviously you've got Tenford and Guinan. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't this also the first episode where Cole Meany was actually Chief O'Brien? Or what it would become eventually? Am I right in saying that? Or... Silence. One of the first occasions, <laughs> oh. I think. I, can't, yeah, okay. I wouldn't yeah. want to be called in and say, yes, it yeah, definitely yeah, is. But is. I think it's one of the first. So I'll put it down to that. Mm. Um, what, where he's a chief, you mean? Where he's called Chief O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, I said it does establish things well. One thing I did in particular also like is there's a really nice parallel between um, Wesley's situation and the beam that impregnates Deanna. So when you know this idea of when eventually the being leaves because obviously doesn't want to endanger the ship, so he's thinking the lifeboat was thinking of them before himself. Wesley sort of does it the other way around. Because when Garnon says to him in 10 forward, oh, sometimes you've got to put yourself first before others, and it's knowing when to do that. So I thought there was like a really nice sort of parallel between them two in that respect. It's also a typical Garnon knows all episode as Guinan. well. Have you ever noticed that? Garnon. Garnon. I'm from Essex, Garnon. Just You might as well just call it Guanon then, Phil. Yeah, Guana. When I first couldn't say that, I called it Guana. It's Guana. What I also want to say, what I learnt from special features on the Blu-ray, is that sets were recrafted, repainted, and different camera rolls used, which may explain why the change of, like, why there wasn't a tint in the colour. Yeah. Why it sort of changed feel to it. Um, and it also is the whole reason why Gates McFadden well, left, was she got fired for being a bit outspoken in the first season. Oh, wow. Wow. Because she considered some plots a bit sexist and whatnot. 
that's perfectly understandable actually i can so understand. that's why that happened and what i always f- thought i always thought it was she she wanted to try something different she wanted to like do other things in acting but i think her official line is she was in a play yeah oh, okay. i think her official line was that she that had the cover story yeah that was the cover story i think and so was it i know we're moving on to a different season but so was it like popular demand that brought her back or I was say, yeah. well the thing is um as we go through you'll notice that obviously the right uh, the submitted scripts were for um crusher so the the plots are written for her and, they and it didn't, didn't it didn't and really they, work the writers didn't really invest in plastic that much it was Diana Mulder that made the character that we know because she didn't really get much from the from the um, writers, oh, right. partly no, no, no. because they were on a strike, which I think Jamie was just about to say. Yeah, I mean, um, she, yeah. she 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 did. I think I think Pulaski did a decent. I think, sorry, Pulaski. I think Diana Mulder did a great decent job with what she had. The best Molding of a bad job, yeah. Molding um, the character into something. She, her, her character kind of grew on me, to be fair. Yeah, that's Pilates, the thing. Yeah, yeah she, does, um, she does grow on you towards the end of the season. What she also said is that Diana Mulder changes Pulaski's first name to Catherine as she couldn't work with the original one, which I thought was quite interesting. Do you know what the original one I don't one know. Was? She, no, I didn't know what the original one was. She no. couldn't remember what it was, but she didn't like it. It didn't quite work, so that she it became that. Um, and that. The whole reason she's a bit frosty in the first beginning of the season is if you think about it, if you go into a new job, you're very, uh, very careful how you interact with people, and that's exactly what she goes through. Yeah, well, I, I don't so know, good. though, because she did come out all guns blazing, though, to be fair, half the time. It was like, what I what I want to say goes. She was supposed to. Was she brilliant. was sort of cast in the role of almost like a female bones wasn't she yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they that's what they wanted something a little bit more like he was mm. which i think they she did very that. well actually mm. but I, I think some i think a lot of fans think it's just a cheap imitation probably which i which i don't really think i yeah. never really thought of her it doesn't bother me that she replaced crusher you know no. it wasn't like i really really missed crusher i just didn't i didn't like her interaction with data i thought she was really mean to data yeah, no but, and he's my favorite and you can't be mean to data but towards <laughs> the end you can she's see there's a, there's a friendship between or she gets into the group she's just part of the, yeah. the heart of the team yeah, I, I, I understand that completely sarah yeah but she, she, i know she you've seen it in him, a while you know? but yeah but surprisingly i think jamie you probably agree with me here it isn't actually that long before she actually starts to kind of grow the crew and she gets on with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually not that long. It's only... It's only a couple of episodes down, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, Everyone has this kind of, of, oh, she's horrible the whole way through. No, she isn't. She's actually quite lovely most of the way. There's only a few scenes. Uh, there's one well, in, I wouldn't go that far. Contagion, <laughs> where she is very abrupt and kind of, hey, this, I don't like this. But most of the time, I don't. Again, it's the whole thing of she she's written where Crusher should be. Yeah. So, so you've got to imagine really, how that's like. Just kind yeah, of you've got to remember we want the her rather than you. Involved in in the way that the episode and the character came about, but despite the episode being quite well established, I think the plot leaves much to be desired. Well, uh, I didn't. I, I didn't like this episode. If I'm perfectly I mean, yeah, honest, I, I, I do understand it is due to the writer's strike. I, I do completely understand that they were they were having problems, mm. but the whole the whole idea of like the life form impregnating Diana. I mean, it, it's an interesting idea. A life form 
examining another life form via the reproductive process. But the fact that the life form impregnates Deanna without her permission is a bit... There was a lot of there was a lot of unrest about that, I think, at the time. And also yeah. the fact that you don't really see any repercussions after it. Well, no, she goes through She sort of moves on, you know. It's, it's, she goes through yeah, you would have thought she'd have. Like yeah. It's like, what, really? It's, I mean, it's a bit... We are missing, we are at this point omitting one key bit of point about this, which Neil will absolutely annihilate us for if we don't bring it up. Okay. This is a reused phase two script, which may explain why the hell it is very out of tune with the rest of the season. It's a strange season opener as well. It's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a strange one. I, I really like the introduction just... of all the new stuff, like Guinan and Ten Forward, Riker's Beard. I love all that, but this that underlying storyline was just a bit weird for a, yeah, it was, a season over. It was written in the 70s. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why it's so out of place. But yeah. you've got to remember, you've got to introduce all these different factors into it. You've got to have an establishing episode. You can't yeah. do that if you've got an, a proper plot on top of it. So it has to be very skeleton-esque. It has to be very minimal for yeah, you but... to be able to do them. And I think awesome. it, it does it in such a way that they inter- interact with the plot quite well. They do their jobs fittingly. Well, yeah, but I, I find... I, I mean, and you'll know this, because I've mentioned it to you. I think the scene in the conference room where they're talking about what to do. And I can understand the crew's notion. I don't know the life form's intent, but I think that scene is horrendously done. The fact that they just talk about the life form inside the end, as though she's not even there. Don't even ask her opinion on what she wants or what they think she should, what they should do. And yeah. they, just, they start almost ignore it. It's like, well, so what, you're denying her right to choose? It comes across in a way almost sexist. In yeah. That regard. And, yeah. and data saying, oh, we should study the life form. And, and it, 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 cause it's not so much what Brent Spanner says, it's because of the tone of that scene. It comes across when he says it, it's really cold and creepy, I found. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't like that scene at all. But again, I don't think that was their intention. Do you think the intention was to get people to, to talk about it and make it a little bit controversial well, so that people started talking about it? Cause well, no, that would have been accidental, I think. It's yeah, just, I mean... It's just, again, it's like you've got writer's right, so you've got to use what you've got. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you've got the idea, it's the idea of abortion, which, well, as I said, well, if it was in the 70s, it's a very big thing at the time. But it, it just it just didn't come across right. So I mean I don't know, but that scene for me just yeah yeah it's, it's not it's not a great scene to be fair. But you know the, the, I said it does. I think the main purpose of the episode was just to establish things in terms of the plot. You just it, yeah, I don't really think that it's, was to that, me. It's kind of it happened. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a reasonable episode. It does what it needs to do for something like this where it, so much has happened. Yeah, but for me, I need I would I needed more personally, but that's just me. But it wouldn't work though. No, I don't know. It's just for me establishing characters just is enough in an episode. But it's you know it's but it, that's it, part it, of television, Jamie. Yeah, but you can't just have an episode where you establish stuff. You've got to have something else going with it. What you, are you talking about that, that they normally have like a secondary sort of story along the the whole arc, whereas this was just all about her. Is that what you're talking about, Jamie? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like... But again, you're putting today's television in a, a 90s show. No, no, I mean... Oh. Uh, no, no, we, the Star Trek do that all the time. There's always two or three stories running within one episode. 
Um, and there wasn't really much of that on this one. I don't know. I just think I just think that you just... do. You've got the child that's affecting <laughs> the plasma plague. I think that was it's all much... inner works together. That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say. It all works together. So you've got Geordie worried about that. You've got Plasky doing that. Oh, introduced nicely. Guinan's in there as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it does in a way. The set, the setting up does 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 complement. Maybe they're in a way oh. trying to do too oh, much. We are in one episode. We are That's forgetting good. Wesley. Wesley's staying behind. That's also yeah. nice subplot within it. There's an awful That's, lot going on there. That's the thing. Maybe they're trying to do too much. Well, it's yeah, in that one point, episode. Maybe. You I know, and it, it, it compliment. Sorry, go on, Sarah. You finish. No, no, no. That was that was that was my point. <laughs> okay. Just to yeah. say, it does. I think in a way, the does complement the plot in terms of their job. So, so you said, so Jordy Murray and Pulaski helping Deanna deliver the baby. But I don't know. It just it just seems as though they're there. It, I don't know. It just in a way, it feels very separate in a sense. I can't really explain it. Maybe. It's well, just... my summary said light but interesting plot. But due to heavy amount of establishment needed for the first episode of the season, mm. that's what I said myself. So yeah, it's, it's a it was maybe that they they I were won't... trying to they were trying to talk to people who hadn't particularly watched it, and they could quickly explain who people are if they hadn't watched season one. So people would go back to watch season two. Uh, sorry, yeah, season two to go back to watch season one. It's, mm. it's it does what it needs to do. Mm. I it's wouldn't not an say it, yeah, it's it's not one of my favourites. Yeah, no. I think one of the messages, the only message I found was um, you only live once. Yolo. Yeah. Um, I, I also I also found that it's like it's this idea of knowing knowing to when to put yourself before others and vice versa. And I also thought um, the whole them transporting like the deadly whatever the, what was Plasma it again? Plague. Plasma plague. I thought. That the the male doctor there, I thought it was some you know he he he's transporting it. it carries a huge risk on the ship, and yet despite not knowing the actual outcome, because he says, oh you know I, I I might not find the cure, but this is what I have to do, and it's just like sometimes you have to risk everything despite the unknown outcome, and I just thought that was quite an admirable thing really. I know it's really really small part, but it's just something that just caught my eye. So interesting. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, like we say, I think there's not much to say more about this episode. It was one of those ones. It was an opener. We got. I think. The, I suppose the only important thing is we got the new character, which is Pulaski out of yeah. it. I guess. Yeah, it's, it establishes things well, but in everything else, why is it forgettable? Yeah, pretty much. Does Ward get a, I, I Ward get a promotion as well? Yeah, we'd, yeah, yeah we'd, we'd he's chief of security by then. That's he's it. already yeah. chief of security, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that already had it was kind of already set up by end of season one, so I don't think it was a big thing mm-hmm. because um, Tasha died what, three quarters of the way through. Yeah, so it was so of... it was just kind of well, no, he's going to get promoted, so mm. it wasn't such a big thing. Actually, a bit of trivia I found for um, the child actually um, was that Marina Certis's fake pregnancy stomach was mainly filled with birdseed. Mm. I love the fact that Patrick Stewart did treat her like she was pregnant, though. Yeah. And I was saying, oh, you, are you okay there, um, Rooney? It's like, no, I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant, Patrick. <laughs> well, also, he was probably Patrick... doing that for a laugh, to be fair. Probably, <laughs> or just generally a nice guy, so, you know. But also, um, this was also Marina Certis's least favourite episode as well. What, to film? Uh, I think so, yeah. Just, really? I think it's got the most amount of screen time. Maybe so, she didn't like the storyline either. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I think 
I mean, I won't. Her probably her finest episode. I don't know if she would agree with that, but it's probably Face of the Enemy, which is season six. That's probably her best one, I think. Whoa, long way off for me. I know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Is there anything else to say about the episode? Or no, I think we can skip on from that one. I think everyone's a bit like, uh, yeah. yeah I think we're, I think we're, we're I, I don't mind it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't mind it. I'm not that bothered. I don't particularly think much of it, but as you say, it does have it does have its pluses. So, so I think we covered the episode pretty well, actually. I think so. Should we move on to where? Yeah, Simon... go team. Asli. Li- <laughs> <laughs> this one, I think, is another skippable one. I, I didn't. Oh, really I have like got it. to disagree with you, though, Phil. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's Phil. One that I, I want to put up. Gonna uh, be a long sorry. day. Whoa! Really? Oh, <laughs> interesting. Ooh. Yeah. No, I just I just feel it a little bit sort of like well it's a bit well, I I didn't find it too believable and I thought he was a bit pathetic to be fair. Phil, it's we, science fiction. Should we read the uh, synopsis then for it? Go on, then I'll read the last one. Uh, okay, right. Do you want to do you want to do this one, size? It's a favourite of yours. I did the last one. Oh yeah, you did, didn't you? Well, you did end it? up taking over. Yeah. Did you? Do you want to do it, then, Phil? I don't care. Go on. Go ahead. Just someone. Okay. The Enterprise encounters a strange intelligence known only as Nagilum, who makes it clear he intends to kill the third of the crew. Picard is forced to enter into a battle of wits in order to save. <laughs> I, I so I've always loved this one. I love that Yamoto's got the wrong register in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, first appearance of all calisthenics program. Yep. Um. Like, I found it interesting the first occasion of Legends of the Morbius because that comes up later in the season, which I thought interesting because it's like the that. fact that leg- legends have origins and truth, which I found quite interesting. Just kind of maybe yeah. there was, so maybe it could be. There's, there's, yeah. You never quite know. Yeah. Um, I think Nagilum's a bit of a Star Trek trope, like we were talking episode before, an intelligent cloud life form. It's a very similar, like like the 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 theme of it, like them trying to investigate this new life form or the new life form trying to investigate the crew. It's very similar in theme to the first episode, to the child, I think. Yeah, sort of absolutely. one after the other. That that that's the the theme, you know. Then alien life form it wants to know more about them. So for one after the other, that was sort of a bit strange. You, you like my next point, Sarah? Doctor Plasky's <laughs> very rude towards Data, referring to him as it. Yeah. Which I thought was very a bit very unfair, but again it's the whole fact she doesn't know quite how to interact with the crew yet. Well yeah, and the fact is that I don't think she's I said she's not really comfortable with She's not, still settling in. Well it's not so much comfortable with technology, but well she doesn't really like the transporter, does she? That doesn't come up to her. No, you've still got Chief O'Brien on the transporter doing his little thing. Yeah. And I found that Nagilam's kind of like TARDIS holodeck, so big on the inside, and I think that respects he's a complex character. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think um, what I quite like also, I mean, despite the fact that Picard is worried about Riker and Worf on the holodeck with the safety zone, which I found always a bit odd, so the safety zone, so why are you worried about them on the holodeck? But what I also quite liked was the fact that it's nice seeing how the crew enjoy their leisure time, and I think it's a nice little subtle nod to humans except in other cultures, so Riker doesn't judge Worf's bloodlust in the programme, which I thought was quite quite a nice um, little bit of sort of to sort of respect in other cultures. I had a lot of fun with the morals and messages of this episode. I think it questions life after death and mortality and the uh, science versus religion. 
Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah. Um, questions ethic behind animal testing as well to boot. Yep. Uh, value life as it could be taken away from you at any moment. And so on that note, just to go down a silly theme as I usually do, don't second guess the captain or you get killed to show um, show Nagilam's power. <laughs> because the same thing happened to some guy in Voyager. I think it's Holson. Yeah. Where yeah. an episode he kind of questions um, Janeway and within about two episodes later he gets Dead. killed by a lurgy in a cave. <laughs> um, basics, isn't it? That's so don't don't second guess the captain, otherwise you're. <laughs> Another message I got from the episode as well was this idea of how curiosity can sometimes be a bad thing. So just the fact that they go and investigate the void and look what happens. Curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> but um, I also quite what I also quite liked about the episode was the fact that um, I think it's I think it's like the episode's well paced with suspense. So yeah, it's. What, so Jeremy, you've just... so it, it keeps it up for like sort of like until Nagilian reveals himself or itself or whatever you want to call him, um, and I think I think that's done really really well. Because yeah, he does it quite late, to be fair. It's sort of almost yeah. like the age-old horror films where you never really see the you actually either you never see you, you never see the beast or you see it right at the end. Mm. Um, Nagilian yeah. also reminded me of the Mictrones from Arena and Porter from Last Outpost. Sort of testing yeah. humanity and see how they interact with a problem. Yeah, except in a much more, I think, much more sneaky way. I think. Um, but, yeah, all I, all I kept thinking of was like the the future armor episode where they take the Mickey out of it with the with the big <laughs> landmass. What's it called? The big green thing. Menthar. Yeah, Menthar. Yeah, that's that's what it felt like. It just felt like this weird thing on there, and I'm just, I don't know. I just didn't find him that menacing or believable. I think that's probably why I didn't like the episode. Maybe well, it's one of those quite, ones I've got to rewatch. Well, I think also I quite <laughs> like the idea that Nagilam, like you, you don't quite know what he is, and I think yeah. that's how long has he been around? It's and... very creepy that you kind of sit there going, again, that's why you know, kind of he could be uh, Morbius. He could quite like could possibly be it. Mm. So no, mm. he could be Q. <laughs> the, the one thing I will say is I did find like the ending Picard's reaction to Nagilim I thought well wouldn't you have been more angry like the fact that he killed one of his crew and threatened to sacrifice half and wouldn't you have like warned other species about him or something saying I'm going to warn other species about you I found yeah, I Picard's suppose, reaction yeah. a little bit a little bit you know just sort of surely you would have been a bit more angry you could have been a bit more civil and again this is Picard's like, the ultimate diplomat, isn't yeah, he? You know, exactly. and I love I love these episodes where you sort of see him at his best, sort of negotiating and staying true to his Oh beliefs. yeah, but Picard has Picard has gotten you know. angry before. He can, you know, he can at times. Well he was willing to, you know, sacrifice everybody, wasn't he? Not, yeah. You know, so so it he doesn't take it lightly. Oh no. no. So I think it's good. I think it's one of those episodes that also, you know, looking back at it now, the sort of special effects of the time let it down. If you made that episode now, it would probably be a lot better because I think it relied heavily on special effects. Maybe and of course, why, back yeah. in the 90s, you look at it now thinking it looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not quite, you know, if you made that episode now, it would possibly be 
again, it's I think you, you guys need to watch it. it in. That's uh, it. You can't judge HD. it. You need to yeah, watch it maybe, HD because um... I think that may. I don't think. I think me and Jamie have discussed this, and I don't think it will be. You'll go, oh my god, it's incredible, but I think it may make you go actually. It's not looking this all. way. I could actually watch it a bit more than I could I didn't, in I didn't find the effects, I didn't find the effects actually that bad. I mean, it, it was certainly better than the one in season one with Lonely Among Us when all the electric currents are going through the ship. I mean, that just looks really <laughs> But Yeah, but overall, I mean, I don't think this episode... This episode's not a favour of mine, but I've always quite enjoyed it for what it is, I said, for the messages in there, and I think it's a, I think it's a really good one. That's why I've put it up. There's just so much going on in there that... I say, when... When you've got science versus religion, you know that it's a pretty good, good darn episode. Yeah, it's like um, similar to in a way to Justice, really, isn't it? In that sense. So that, <laughs> I, I have got to admit, I have put about five or six up. I've gone a bit crazy this year, but I have always <laughs> been an advocate for season two when everyone else has kind of gone, oh, it's, it gets better in season three. <laughs> yeah, it does, but it's, season two's darn good. If you. Season, what, so you, yeah. put the, about, you put up like five favourites. Uh, candidates. Oh, yeah, I, I've got a rough idea what the hell I'm doing. I know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> so but you're going to have to wait till then to find out what that is. Yeah, I'm still on my case. I'm still. I've got. I've narrowed it down a bit, but I've still got to decide. So, shall we move on to elementary dear data? Yes, Unless you've got something else to say about um, the um, where science has lease. Is that? Are we done with that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I was done with that yeah. when I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely love that episode, Phil, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Cool. <laughs> uh, I just want to actually say, with Elementary Dear Data, this is one of my favourite contenders. Yes, uh, me yes, too. Yes, actually, same, yeah. It's going to be controversial. I've never cared for it. Oh. oh. Get out, leave now. Leave now. <laughs> no, I love this episode. Well, I, so I had a feeling. Never cared for it. Never I a, have. I had a feeling you, you Sarah, and, and you would like it because I know Phil, in particular, you said you quite like the holodeck episode. So I thought you might actually quite well, like it. Well, it's this not one. just that. It's that I, I love Sherlock Holmes. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I absolutely. I love it. I mean, it was nice to see Sherlock actually having someone who could match him. But it was weird how it was sort of someone matching him, but being like to, him. Geordie's mistake, yeah. Yeah. Have someone who's capable of defeating data, not Sherlock. Yeah, but the fact <laughs> I'm that sure that's a, a good idea. But the fact it's a backdrop of a mysteries again, because I've always, as you guys know, I've always loved mysteries. So for me, the, it was a given anyway, just for that alone. Mm. Mm. But the fact that it's an it's another holodeck episode, and it's the fact that they can just go wherever they want, and they don't they do it quite well given the budget they've got and given what they can do. Oh yeah, they and just go, they just jump in and do it. Should I quickly do the synopsis? Yeah, just go for it, Phil. We're already halfway through it. Data and... Uh, yeah, I was about to say Geordie, but it actually just says LaForge. Uh, Data and LaForge... You can say Geordie. Huh? You can say Geordie if you want, Phil. Data That's and... Uh, Phil. And Dr. Pulaski are put in <laughs> incredible danger when the Holodex character Moriarty for the Sherlock Holmes programme takes control of... What, the what's end. the doctor's surname, Phil? Pulaski. Didn't sound like that a minute ago. Well, what did he sound like? I missed that. Pulaski. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So that that's so yeah. Um, this episode, I said, it's oh, absolutely incredible. I mean, for a start, I think that Daniel Davis, who plays Moriarty, gives an excellent performance. Yeah, I think definitely. It brings the character to life, and just the fact that, as I said, it it, it builds on that notion from season one of the big goodbye, the idea of holograms sentient. 
do they have awareness? And, you know, it's just this idea of how we define life and what consciousness actually is. I think it's just really well done and really, really well explored. I think, you know, this idea yeah. of, was it more? I think, I think therefore I am. And I love the fact that it's a nice little comparison to data as well. When it, you know, so it's you know, a little bit, it does, it does a little bit scary. It harps on to things like Skynet and, and, and Terminator where they actually get their awareness. But a computer can actually make... Because if you think about it, the Enterprise computer made something that then realised it wasn't real, if that makes any sense. Oddly and enough, I to took draws from as, um, Isaac Asimov's iRobot, oddly enough, Phil. So not not far ahead. Oh, yeah. 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 That's you a did. good point. It's like, it's like the computer is the mother of Moriarty or, mm. you know, the creation, yeah. which I didn't actually got, think of before. I've if the got a few... can do that, just quickly, if the computer can do that, surely the Enterprise is alive and can be itself because if it's powerful to enough create life... That notion... Mm, we may, just... That may come up, Phil. Mm. Yeah. Like in the you may have to wait quite a while, but it may <laughs> come up. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. But what, but what I also liked as well was the fact that the idea of this hologram being sentient is followed up, is, is again, is, is, is followed up on that. It's something next gen set up, which which is picked up in Voyager with the Doctor and Vic Fontaine in Deep Deep Space uh, Oddly, it builds on what's going to happen with Data in a few episodes' time. Yes, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I've got a few various points. Sorry, Phil, I kind of overspoke when you were talking many ago. Um, but I've got some silly, some quite thought-provoking, but you'll see which is which. Geordie looks at the Enterprise drawing the wrong way up. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a bit of Star Trek trivia that everyone knows, but I just wanted to bring up anyhow. Yeah. How can Data know which such uh, Sherlock Holmes novel it, it is just by being in the program a few minutes? As is, to me, there's no identical signs, but I, I have very limited knowledge of Sherlock Holmes stories. I found it quite interesting. Just kind of, yeah, I'm in here, and I know which story it is, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, no, it was the book, wasn't it? Didn't he goes and um, no, he goes, when he goes into from... the room. No, no, when he goes into the room, right at the start, and he's got that um, gown, not not gown, he got not, like a dressing gown, but Sherlock Holmes sort of dressing gown. He goes over to the books and yeah, he pulls out a book, yeah, and that's how he knows. Yeah. That's how he knows which one it is because he pulls it out and he but starts. That could be it, but that could be at any point though. Yeah, true. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I say that's why I've got limited knowledge, so I can't really. That's a kind of hesitant comment. Uh, I found that Doctor Plasky's patronising towards Data, although yeah, I yeah. think it shows a bit of a uh, bit of growth, character development yeah. from the child. Because I think, as I say, in a few points later, I think she's trying to improve Data by testing him and trying to make him more human. But at the same time, she has had to warm up to him. As it goes back to what you yeah. said, the first one, she doesn't. She she she. The, probably the first thing she read about them when she got when she got the post was he's an android. Okay, well I'm not going to really warm to him. And then she doesn't understand why everyone sees him as a human. She probably doesn't think she has to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I also found... I was trying to say that. Yeah. Thanks. And I also, <laughs> no found... also found that. When Moriarty takes Pulaski, you know, it, it could seem like she's a damsel in distress. Hey, I sold you that. Yeah, I know that, but I, I don't think she actually, I don't think she actually is scared of him. I don't really think she comes across that way. Not really. She doesn't really seem that scared of him. She no, it's because to... she, it's be, no, she's not scared of him because at that point she thinks it's just a computer program and she can yell stop whenever she wants to. 
Well, no, she at that point she's aware that he is more. That's why she dies, Phil, because she says, "I don't know what you're." When he says, "Oh, I know about the Enterprise and know like this," she goes, "I don't know what you're talking about." So she knew that he was becoming more aware. But he's still just a hologram. Is he? Yeah, he's just really? a hologram, isn't he? Really? Who can control the Enterprise? Who can control the Enterprise has 24th century knowledge. From... But he's still a. He is still a hologram. Yeah, she's in the holodeck. Pointy, pointy knife. Where you don't want it. And oh, I'd be worried about a hologram. I would be. Particularly if you, if you think if a hologram's in control of the Enterprise, the safety's probably on even just, worse than the holodeck. Just think back to the big goodbye, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, true. don't worry about this gun. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, yeah. look, he's almost dead. Cause that you can historian... still die on the holodeck. Cause exactly. Because that, that historian bloke was laughing, wasn't he? Before the guy pulled the gun on him, he thought, oh, he's laughing, think it's all just a big joke and stuff. It's part of the programme. And then when he gets shot, well, yeah. He soon changes his tune, doesn't he? So... Yeah, doesn't, true. Doesn't she end up quite liking Moriarty? Yeah, they have a little thing going, they, they? They kind of have a little bit of a... little bit of a tension thing. Yeah. Yeah. A it's yeah, and she sort of, well, she sort of says, "Oh, you know," it goes, oh, "and I'll fill you, I'll fill you with tea and crumpets or something." He says to her, doesn't he? Just before yeah. he gets shut off. Although it's not my favourite episode, I have come up with some morals, messages, and meanings for it. Um, don't underestimate the power of artificial intelligence. Ooh. Artificial yeah. AI will always find a way to circumvent its programming, e.g., mm-hmm. Asimov's three laws of robotics. And I sort Ooh. of I've reverted back to the meanings that I got from the big goodbye. What is reality? What is real? What happens to holodeck characters when the holodeck is turned off? Yeah, I had, I had a similar one where it's along the lo- the longs. I the you know how life will find a way. Yeah, it's going to oh, be like, like that, but computerized. Like Jurassic Park, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think you know, and also just this idea of the nature of existence and its relation to consciousness and just sort of how humanity redefines what is a life form. It's it's like, you know, the, the crew and just like wherever, you, whatever series, they're constantly having to adapt and redefine what they think life actually is. So like, for example, from, from the first season, like Home Soil as well, that episode, you know, the fact that the Federation, they, they said, oh, you know, these scientists go to this planet. And the fact is they didn't think there was life, but there actually was. Mm. So, like this episode, it's like, well, you know, just a, it's just a hologram. Eh, no, not. Re- I don't think so. Well, you I actually know, kind of feel a little bit well. sorry for Moriarty in the end. I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah the fact you kind of feel a bit sorry for him because his his knowledge is expanding, but he's confined to the fact that he's confined to such a small space geographically. He's just on the holiday. He can't leave mm. the holodeck. And so, he, how bad would that be if you suddenly realised you were in the Matrix? Because that's essentially oh, what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, you may find out about that a bit later on. <laughs> yeah, but what I also thought, uh, it's a small thing, but what I also loved was um, when um, Data, Geordie and Picard are sort of on the holodeck and Data keeps, I think um, they, they when Geordie reprograms the computer and they find another little mystery and Data just goes, it just quickly solves it, it just moves on. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and just when Picard is um, threatened by the holographic robber and <laughs> Data disarms him. It's got loads of like little classic data moments in it. It's, yeah, it's, but it's it's, it's, it's a it's a, I've always it's it's a great episode. I like the oh. fun episodes, like the Dixon Hill episodes. I love those ones; they're good. Yeah, and I, I just think this one is just I said, there's so much going on in terms of all the little messages that we've all brought up, and I just yeah, I think it's an excellent episode, and and stuff is picked up on later on. So yes, 
great episode. So for me, that's a definite favourite contender. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Less mm. so for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Three against one. <laughs> Outvoted. Outvoted, yeah. But again, it's this all, it's all about telling the truth and telling what you think. I just never gelled with it. It's never got on me. I, I, so I like those odd little episodes that everyone goes, what? Why? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think, I don't, I mean, at least elementary did that considered a classic episode or? I, I think, think people so. enjoy it, I think. But yeah, I think I, I was so. say, I just, personally, I just never got it. I just sit there going, okay. Or at least the Sherlock Holmes element, like Data dressed up, that's that's kind oh, of yeah. iconic. You you remember yeah. that. And he really gets in. Brent Spoloff, it really gets into the role, doesn't he? Quite well. I bet, I, bet they, I bet they loved filming episodes like this. It's got to be so much fun. Probably. And uh, they said, with a holodeck episode, they said, good, good saving money as well, so... Just, yeah, but as an actor, it, it gives you a whole new depth for something that you can do, which I think is brilliant. Mm. You know, it yeah, must be that, like, yeah, like I say, I was trying to say, it's a lot of fun. And, you said mm. the, and the best episodes are not always one with big special effects and big space battles. It said what what they wanted to do more of in next gen throughout season two and what would eventually be more established in season three was more of the character driven episodes. Well, oddly enough, thanks to Trek Docs, find them on Twitter, they released the um, season two. Um, what doesn't work from the uh, writer's guide for season two. And oddly enough, there's three pages of it. Um, and one of them is beware of space battles. They cost enormous amounts of money and are not, uh, are not really in the, as interesting as people conflicts. So there's 13 points of them. Mm. And it so, is kind of true, you know, people's conflicts are, are a lot more interesting. So I'll, yeah. I'll bring them up now, what they all are. I won't bring out, read the, summaries but it says do not bring up a story in which does not principally involve our continuing characters we do not do stories about psi forces or mysterious psi powers we are not buying stories which cast our people and vessel in a role of galaxy galaxy policemen (laughs) we are not buying stories about the original Star Trek characters (laughs) or their descendants (sighs) We do not accept stories which are fantasy instead of science fiction. We are not interested in swords and sorcery. Do not not treat deep space as a local neighbourhood. Star Trek is not melodrama. Do not consider Romulans or the Ferengi the only villains in space. Yeah, definitely agree with that one. Which does actually come up though, but hey. Uh, beware of space battles, as I always said. Plots involving a whole civilization really work. No mad scientists mm. or stories which technology is considered the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm funny as well. Yeah. And avoid stories in the storms in space. Yeah. So we may go back, going back to a few of those because they do actually happen. But hey, season, yeah. which I found hilarious finding that and saying, like, "What? But... Okay, you say one thing, but." Actually, put them in. <laughs> yeah, yeah Elementary Dear Day, a fantastic episode, and I've always enjoyed watching it, so that's a definite favourite for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Nah. <laughs> Moving on. The outrageous <laughs> O'Connor. Who was Love this episode. Go on, Sarah. You kind of volunteered saying that. Oh, did I? What? Did you read the summary? Mm-hmm. Yep. The Enterprise encounters <laughs> a freighter whose captain, oh my goodness, Theodin O'Connor, soon charms his way onto the Enterprise. 
However, Akona's history soon catches up with him when two ships arrive, threatening to destroy the Enterprise if Picard doesn't hand him over. With lasers. Lasers. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like so a it's... Prince of Persia, isn't it? It's yeah. Like that, that yeah, very much. That rogue. Man. Yeah, I mean... I think... Enjoyable, but as I put it, Disney family humour in this episode. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun episode, light episode. If, if it's got a goofy charm to it, I mean, I think despite a terrible script, I think um, Bill Campbell who plays Akona, I think he did a really good job. For oh him. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think his yeah. charm carries through the episode and actually makes it vaguely watchable. Oh, I love the data bits though. Oh, it's just no. trying to be funny. Oh, it was just a bit corny. I love it. Oh, I love it. I found. I personally found with that, it was nice him trying to learn another aspect to humanity, but it doesn't really add anything to him overall. And I just found it a bit of a filler in the episode, personally. Mm, yeah, I, I it just... didn't hadn't yeah. dated well. I kind of really feel I do enjoy it, but it is a bit cringy in moments. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I, just, well, I didn't, yeah, I, I did not understand Data's part in that. Can I just... Why stop laughing about it? It's not that funny. <laughs> can I, I love it. Can I pose a question about when they mute something on the view screen? Go on. What do the other people actually see going on? Do they get like a speaker with an X over it in the corner? Kind of don't really. The... <laughs> Are you talking what about happens? From, you talk about from the aliens' point of view, yeah. the Enterprise. So they mute it. What what do they see? Do they just kind of? It's like Picard mutes it and then when he puts it back on they just continue talking. It's like, how dare you mute it? You interrupted our conversation. That's rude. And and it's what... like they never say that. No, they don't, you're right. And um yeah, Perhaps this, they don't even realise. This is the first occasion that at least this season that the Enterprise D battle bridge is redressed as the Ad Ad left ship bridge. As left ship bridge, sorry. Oh, what? What, what, oh. The, the, the people they encounter, yeah. Yeah, as one of the bridges, yeah. Oh, uh, it will come up a few times. You hear me go, "Oh, that was redressed," and you go, "Oh, bloody hell, here we go but, again." But I, I, <laughs> what you were saying about cringeworthy one scene, I, I, I do have to bring up, and I know it's not massively part of the episode, but the scene where the the the, the, the son and the daughter of the two different species they declare their love, I found that scene. No, but as I said to you before, Jamie, I love when they're on on the view screen that you see that the the couple are together. So it's very subtle. Yeah, I think that's you can tell that you yeah. can actually see what's going on before you even know what's going on. But I thought I thought the acting, I thought that bit is good, but the acting now between them two, I thought was really bad. I just just made me cringe. But and you also got to wonder, it's like didn't. Because Deanna was on the bridge that time, didn't she read anything into that, or did she not feel what they were feeling? I, I don't know. Well, we can welcome back the crew patronising people again. First <laughs> time in season two. Wait, when does that happen again, Simon? Remind when me. they patronise the two families, it's kind of, pfft, isn't this a bit outdated how they're treating it all? <laughs> yeah. So what? Yeah, it's true, yeah. Um, did anyone else get like the... The, the kind of Romeo and Juliet esque yeah. to it as well. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. that's 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 actually because me and Simon sort of sort of discussed this like here and there what we've watched, and that's actually a, a good point you brought up, so wasn't it as well? Um, the alternate horror comedy club programs contains the name of the uh, names in, of the production crew, <laughs> oh. and I quite like the interesting camera angles used for the view screen conversations. So you get them like in between like Riker's chair and Picard's 
uh, chair, which I think is a really interesting view that you hardly ever see. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, very I didn't really interesting. Like, remember that. Uh, is that Si? Sorry, say it again, Si? Really interesting camera views used in the view screen conversations. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about Riker's chair or something. Like in between Riker and Picard's chairs. Oh, yeah. Of course. Isn't I mean, they, yeah, they don't have to rewatch that one. Now. They hardly yeah. ever I know. I'm just it. thinking it's that. It's just like, oh my god, that's great. Well, I didn't do it more often, but I think it's just too much faff trying to set it up. So I don't hardly ever did it. It's um, nice when they do those little little insights, yeah. and you can start learning. It makes it a little bit more real. I can't uh, wait until I until I've got to the stage where I've watched them a couple of times, and I start to pick up on little things like that. Oh, you I, will do, Sarah. And I even, think you'll even... get in there, slowly, Sarah. I don't mm. think you're that far away from it. No, hopefully not. Um, I found it a fun, like, ship show where they watch if you're in, a, in the mood to be entertained. And the moral's mission and meanings, always tell the truth and be honest. Don't steal or be yourself. Ten commandments. Trust goes hand in hand with friendship relationships. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, all I got from it as well was also just this notion of what is funny can be very subjective. So the idea of data learn, trying to learn humour is a very subjective concept, I think. Yeah, so. I, I got from it that Romeo and Juliet can al- always get re- redone in every single thing that I watch. There's <laughs> always a way to do it. Where do you think that couple ended up, though? To be honest, I didn't really care that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same. Do you mean you like know? which planet? I, n- I never really... Or, or a moon, or what, what happened with them? Oh, yeah, they would have gone cause... with the girls' family. They always go with the girls' family. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly, I mean, because I remember it's quite it's quite funny how the fathers are at each other's throats, you know, with oh, give us O'Connor, and then they're sort of at each other's throats, but in a nicer way of oh no, you're going to stay with me, you're going to stay, which I thought was quite funny. I don't yeah. know about anyone else's time. My timing is digital. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, yeah, it's just a light lightweight fun episode if you're in the right mood, but nothing nothing really that special, I don't think so. But you no. know, it, it easy was... to watch. Yeah. He's easy yeah. on the eye as well, you know, older kind of. And he's got a ponytail. Terry Hatcher. He's quite Terry. I was going to say we haven't actually mentioned that Terry Hatcher's Terry in Hatcher, been in these last it? couple of. And she was in the one before that we. Was she? About. She was in. I'm sure. Yeah, I just she saw... was in Fissile Data. Yeah, she was at the start. Fissile Data. Not Fissile Data. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Elementary Dear Data. Elementary Dear Data. Yes. Yes. Was she? No. Yep. No, hang on, I'm getting confused. I don't I'm think sure so. I just saw her name. No, I perhaps don't I so. went too uh, far. Terry Hatcher. She's there oh, at the start. That's weird. Is, is she? Well, I, I don't recall that. I thought she was only in that one episode, the Akona one. Yeah, no, you could be right actually. I just thought I, I saw her name so. somewhere else. No, I didn't. That's, that's on those me. bits of trivia that I think. Just that one episode. Yeah, yeah just I, mean, that one I, episode. I don't think so. I'm looking at IMDb now because. There's only that one episode. I just thought I saw her name on another one. Surely, if she wished, she would have been credited in the other episode. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I thought I saw her right at the start. No. One no, episode. Not credited. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, just. Chief BG Robinson. <laughs> Un- uncredited. uncredited. I think if I remember um, in uh, Mission Log, I think they said that she wanted to be uncredited for it because she had such a small part in it. Farical. Again, okay. as, like I said last year, listen to Mission Look, fantastic, and uh, listen to um, the Spoilist First Contact because I say they're also quite fun. <laughs> Just two shout out, shout outs there because I say 
I've relied less on them this year, but still worth listening to. Yeah, and what I'd also just wanted to point out as well, something that um, actually I was looking through one of the reviews, a guy called Darren Mooney, who I've actually read a lot of his reviews and I used their last episode, uh, last season review. He brings up a really interesting point here when, um, like, uh, Kona comes on board, Riker, you know, and he's flirting with Terry Hatcher. Riker <laughs> goes, Mr. Kona seems to have an excellent vision as well as a healthy libido. And it's like, and you would have thought someone would have added, it takes one to know one with Riker himself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, Seriously missed on. out there. And it's just, I just thought it was brilliant that Dar- Darren Mooney actually brings this up. It's like, yeah, you, you would does that takes one to no one. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> Riker is meant to be that sort of charming rogue himself, isn't it? Like a Kona, actually. So, yeah, just saying. He thinks he was a little bit jealous. Probably was, yeah. He wanted so. that ponytail. <laughs> yeah. And I think a Kona probably wanted the beard. And possibly Terry Hatcher. Yeah, well, I, I well he'd already been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, probably knowing Riker. Yeah, right. And he, and he kind of put it on. Well, if you want my ponytail, I've got to have your beard. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have both. Speaking of beards, the beard on the guy on the next one. Christ. Well, do you <laughs> want to go on to it? <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. good link, Phil. Beards. <laughs> loud as a whisper. Yeah, loud as a whisper. So, who's going to do this one then? Yeah, okay, mate. Oh. Okay. Right. <laughs> the Enterprise is ordered to escort Federation negotiator Reva to a dispute between two races. However, when the death Reva's chorus is murdered by one of the factions, he okay. has no way to communicate and must okay. rely on data if he is to succeed at his mission. The way that they die, Christ, that was a bit <laughs> scary, wasn't it? And, yeah, a little bit. And what is it Harmony? That is John John Delancey's wife. Oh, is it? Oh, very interesting. No wonder she's still got his wife. Off. Are they still married? I believe so. Well, they, they had a um, son, and his son wondered, "Well, what, mummy? Why did you die?" And daddy, daddy's okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode is actually a really, really good one. Yeah, um, actually, I a candidate agree. for me. Really? Mm. Fair enough. That good. I, pr- I appreciate I appreciate it. I can understand why. I just it's one of those episodes that I can appreciate and I understand why, but I never really thought it was that brilliant. Well, it's the fact that the, the actual actor who played Reva um, is actually he is actually deaf himself, and he actually met with the producers to suggest a show built around a deaf actor as a guest star. There's so, a lot. Oh, if you, interesting. If you look, if you read between the lines in this episode, there's a hell of a lot more going on than you then it looks like than just a kind of episode about disability and equal rights and that. There's an awful lot more than you imagine. Yeah. Awful lot more. And you sort of go, how the hell did you slip that in without anyone noticing? Hmm. Um, why on earth was Riker worried about Picard beaming down to Reva's planet Ram- Ramatus 3? Because he, he doesn't like him being off the ship, doesn't he? Well, what's what's never the goes. risk? Well, I, I just loved... I actually thought that was quite a funny little moment when Riker disapproves and Picard goes, cluck, 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 and Riker goes, sir? And he goes, you're like a mother hen. I just thought that was hilarious. And it was interesting character development with Wolf nervous about meeting Reva. Yeah. And I, I thought I, that yeah. was really interesting, really. You actually got got to know Wolf a bit better than, uh, don't, you know, kind of, yeah. don't, don't want to do this. Just a glaring click on like he normally is. I thought the conversation between uh, Geordie and Reva was... Fantastic! I thought that was really well written. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, well done. really I th- well done. 
And I think uh, Reva's character transformation from a confident, arrogant mediator to sort of being vulnerable and frightened and then yeah. sort of regaining yeah. his composure by the end, I think that was done terrifically but, well. But can I just ask, why the hell, if he wasn't interested in the briefing, why the hell did he go? <laughs> Is that is that when he's is that when he's is really he goes oh I don't care what it's about I'll solve it whatever bye you kind of go well what's the point going <laughs> if you, know, if you don't care oh I'll, th- I'll turn up and then tell them bye but I think the episode had its heart very much in the right place yeah. this 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 idea that you don't have to let your disability define you as a person and that whatever your circumstances, you can use it to your advantage. So this idea that he lost his chorus, but through using sign language, he was going to teach these two different boring species how to communicate. There is one little niggle I have got with it, though. Just the one? It's a big one. I found Card a bit patronising towards Reva, shaking him and talking to him loudly. (laughs) I found that really giving out the wrong message. Yeah, Yeah, but any of us would have done the same. No, but when you're trying to tell people treat them, respect them, that is a very kind of went a little bit against to, yeah. Yeah, but, really... yeah, but any one of us would have done exactly that. But yeah. they're training you not to. They're telling the audience, don't do this. Yeah, yeah but, they, I... yeah, but that, that's why he's done it, and the audience will go, well, I won't do yeah, that. I won't be him. Sartrick shouldn't be telling that to people. Yeah, and I actually, it's it's good that you brought that up, side because I actually have a, a a point about the scene between Pulaski and Geordie, when when Pulaski's talking to Geordie about the idea of having having like his sight restored, having no visor, I just felt that scene was really badly written and rushed, and it, I think it undercuts the message that the episode. I found about. that it was a scene so that you saw that she was mellowing mellowing out a bit instead of sitting in with the crew. I agree. Yeah, that yeah, is she's true. She's kind of finishing. I, I, again, I do find it does um, under undercut what they're trying to say, though. I do, I do agree with you there. I just found that like... it, the whole point of it was to kind of show that she there is a bit of growth there, and she is yeah. finally integrating in with the crew. So I do kind of agree, but kind of have to kind of go. He, Went about she's... it in slightly the wrong way. I think. Yeah, it's like she go. It's like you know, he got he's got this big decision to make, and it's like, oh, you know, you would have normal vision. It's like, well, so is there something wrong with him not being like every? Is there something wrong with him being different? Yeah, yeah. Uh... And, it's, and it's the fact that it doesn't get brought up again. So it's this big decision Geordie's got to make, and it's just forgotten about. But to be fair, what I did think because you said this to me before, the same thing got said in season one, and nothing came of that. So hey. Yeah, but like I said, it's a nice idea having it on with Reva's story, but I just think that that scene with Reva was great with him and Geordie, but I yeah. think with him and Pulaski, that just was badly done. But that's just one scene, and I think the rest I think the rest of the episode really does work quite well. The underlying thing I was talking about is I think on the planet that, that Reva's from, I think there's a class system. What, is that the way? Is that because of the way the chorus is made up? Because or? there's like the working class of the chorus, and then you've got the upper class of like the noble noble people. So it's like Reaver. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, like a class I, system I... under under there, and you just it's yeah. really interesting, just kind of how the hell that works. Yeah, because you 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 got the dip, because with his chorus, I actually found that just the whole concept and visually, I thought that was fascinating. It's, yeah, it's fascinating really concept. weird how it actually works and. But the thing is, though, it, it's very clearly defined in terms of the different emotions 
that they that they have and it's like well again actually i might be i might actually be applying this idea of human characteristics so it's probably a moot point but i just thought surely emotions are more complex than that and just clearly defining them well it's something of how the hell do they work out when it's them to speak yeah, because that was never really touched upon. It's just—it's one of those mysterious things, but it's, it's really quite interesting. It's just kind of, oh, this this is my line. Mm. I just found that fascinating. Going on How? to tomorrow's mission. Mean, oh, sorry, Phil, was you going to say something? No, that was no, me. That was I was Sarah. just going to say, no, how it works. That's it's, it's really interesting. It, yeah, it's just because it was like telepathic, but it's like yeah. modified. Beta side thing or what? I don't quite. It, yeah, it's a really weird relationship. What about what about you guys then? You, you, Sarah and Phil. What, what did you? What, what was your sort of opinions on the episode? Like, what was your overall sort of? I, I, I agree that there's a lot of meanings in there, but it was one of those episodes like that that didn't really need to be there. As far as I was, for for me, it was just a bit like, okay, fine, yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, okay, okay, I get this. Right, where's this going? Okay, no, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't have that stand out. Oh wow, this is this is brilliant. This is Star Trek. It was just a bit like there is an oh. awful lot you see Timmy moments though. I like the uh, obviously there's turning a disadvantage into an advantage. I thought that was quite an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, treat dis- disabled people with respect as they are people too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible if you put mind to it. I've said that numerous times. But it's kind of Geordie's chief engineer, Reaver as a mediator. Be yourself and don't crumble to peer pressure. Don't let one man minority stop the peace process. There's nothing wrong with being different. Yeah, actually, I was just going to say, actually, so what you said about treating disabled people as people, it's quite interesting because when uh, Picard and the away team first approach Reaver in his chorus, he speaks to them when they're speaking. He's like, direct it at me. That's, that's what I mean. That's yeah. why I think it's so weird how giving off wrong messages. Mm. So that's why I've got such a big problem with him shaking him. Yeah, because it's like them agree, going, yeah. "Hello, don't do this." But I think the fact that that this is, I think, like the first time in Star Trek where they've actually got a story about dis- the idea of disability. I think that's really admirable. I, I think, think it I've promotes a... the viewers to learn sign language, which I think yeah. is a great message in there as well. Exactly, and I think I think the episode has to has to be commended for that. And I said, its heart is very much in the right place. Which is why I've had, I wanted to put it up because it's such an important message that I think sometimes gets forgotten about, particularly yeah, in think, this day and age. I think, I think, that, I think as an episode, I think Loud as a Whisper gets sort, sort of is pushed to the back fan. Unfairly, yeah, be, yeah, I don't think it deserves to be there. Completely overlooked. You sit going, why? I just read something really interesting. Sorry, in um, <laughs> Larry Nimchek's Star Trek Companion, um, Lavar Burton campaigned for a time to let Geordie's sight be restored so that he, as an actor, could use his expressive eyes. And Pulaski's line about perhaps doing so surgically seems to be a preparation for that. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. So I wonder what happened. Maybe something changed along the way, or maybe Lavar. I think it's just right writer yeah. strike. Yeah, I think they just. I'm glad that they kept Geordie's visor. And maybe, and and maybe as the seasons went on, they just sort of forgot about it. Talking about this episode, I'm on. What am I on? Season five, and I've just watched the Masterpiece Society. Is it? Yeah, 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 Masterpiece Society, and um, and that's all very. That's kind of touching on. Yeah, bitch. Don't look at Geordie <laughs> like he's broken in some way because actually, you know, he's saved the um, day. Also again. comes up in the enemy. Yeah, it, it also comes up in uh, gen- is it generations? 
These generations, so. yeah, generations where he, he doesn't, he gets to take off his visor. He and does, he... I was going to say, in the films, he, he does lose the visor, doesn't he? But mm, I yeah. like the fact that they, I like the fact that they keep it, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with him the way he is. So did you I, quite I, like, I... sorry, go on, Sarah. No, 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 that was my point. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so did you quite like Loud as a Whisper then, overall? Yeah, it's kind of one of those little standalone episodes that's quite deep and meaningful. I, I, you know, I, I like those thrown in with the, like the fun ones, did you know, elements yeah, and, I mean, and things. I, 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 I liked this episode. I, I, he, it's quite funny because he, Reva comes across quite like you say arrogant at first. Oh, and you, you dislike yeah. him, and then it turns, you know, it turns, you know, he, he's vulnerable, and you, you feel mm. for him, and he, and he does the right thing. I think that so. transformation feels sort of organic and natural. It's not, oh, well, it's an add on. It actually feels yes. his character. Yeah, and organic. Actually, I just had a thought about maybe why the episode isn't as sort of as well as sort of well regarded as others. Maybe it's because this idea of sort of disability doesn't really come up in Star Trek as much. So maybe the fact is that a lot of people just can't really relate to it in any way. So well, much. The... So much is. Um, with, with the, I don't know, you don't really have illness and stuff, do you? In I was just about to say, and that's it's... what's fundamentally wrong with the episode. Surely that should have been, if they can clear, if you can sort out Geordie's visor, surely you can sort out his hearing problem. But he's from a different planet, isn't he? So that's um, not... And not... And not to mention, it's who he is. The whole was... underlying point is, there's nothing wrong with being different. Exactly, That's the yeah. problem. If you cure yeah. both of those, your whole the whole episode, there's no point in it existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why for me. That's my point, Sai. That's that's the reason why it's a it's a brush it's a brush over episode because if they can cure the common cold in Star Trek, surely they can sort out his hearing problem. Oh, is that or what you what you what uh, what are you? Oh God, I'm just lost my words. Are you saying, Phil, that because the fact that a lot of people can't relate to it is the fact that? That's why it's brushed over. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that oh, okay. it's, for me, it, it's oh, it's right. a little bit flawed. Okay, I, that's why I say I get and I appreciate the points. Don't get me wrong. That that is fundamental. Yeah, of course, everyone should have the right to a voice. Everyone should write to that. And the disability should be something that we, we consider anything else. But in this era, it, surely that could have been resolved. Yeah, but it's, but it's talking about society today, Phil. That's yeah, what he's always but, inferring about. Yeah, and but get it, me wrong. It just, it just didn't make any sense to me. I know what you're Again, saying. Again, it's science fiction, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to have a relation on the real life. Yeah, every episode of Star Trek has has a message that they're trying to relate to the wider society of, of that time. Or with some of the messages that are in some of these episodes, you can, you can heck, you can relate them even still now. They're still very relevant now. I think sometimes they're they're they're, they're difficult topics to talk about. Oh, exactly. absolutely. You know, like disability. And sometimes, appear, yeah, yeah and they from, do hmm. tackle those difficult subjects. They're not yeah. afraid to talk about them. But it I does, think sometimes it, people are uncomfortable with those yeah, topics. Yeah, it's, with it's easier. It's easier they, to actually talk about it because it's it's on the screen and you you can forgive yeah, Hollywood. And it starts that conversation. And obviously, because yeah. we've watched that episode, I said, you know, we watch it from the perspective of someone, you know. Who has have a disability like Reva has or like Geordie has, so 
yeah, I mean, it's it's said. I think I think it's a. I think the episode is very well intentioned, and I yeah, despite maybe that Pulaski Geordie scene a little bit, and maybe Picard's reaction to Reva in the conference room. I think the rest of the episode really yeah, works. it's it's about ninety five percent there. It's just yeah. a few odd odd scenes where it doesn't quite live up to what it's talking about, preaching what it's saying. Yeah, but, but I think the overall good of it is saying it is worth watching. Yeah, yeah, I, good episode. I will, I will say, just to say, I, I, I did find, and I know it happens again later, but I found Troy always being the object of desire for the male guest stars. I just found that really a bit, a bit tiresome. It gets a bit boring, it's, doesn't it, it? it? I think at that point, it was the indecision. They weren't quite sure what to do with her character still. So they were just, you know, I think they were just trying to write her in somehow. I'm surprised so, she didn't get frustrated with it, to be fair. She probably, I think she did. She, she might have done, yeah. She, she was, she thought she was out of a job at the end of season one. So, so she was really glad that the first episode was the child and was centred around her. Despite so, liking the episode, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so again, that's, that's that's another candidate for me out of my five that I've got. But fair enough. Look at you steaming ahead. So we've all got one so far and you've got two, so I think, haven't we? So, so the Shinzoid Man, the Schizoid Man, yes. <laughs> the, Shinzoid. <laughs> the Shinzoid Man. Oh, Phil, bless, bless him. The what Schizoid is it, Phil? Man. Here we go, making fun of making fun of dyslexia. What were we just talking I about? I didn't. Oh. <laughs> no, Phil, just... again, you've got to admit it's a bit ironic after talking about disability. Yep. That's, yeah, oh, and exactly. not and not to mention, Phil, I used to do the same thing with names. I used to call Balana Torres. I couldn't even pronounce Balana Torres when I first got that. Is a one to be fair. So, you know, and this is someone who <laughs> doesn't suffer from dyslexia. So, <laughs> so you can berate me for that as well. That's fine. <laughs> so, who's doing the shit side, man? Gone in. After answering a distress call from Graves World, Data is taken over by the consciousness. Know, um, consciousness thank you, of Doctor Ira Graves. Ira Graves, who refuses to relinquish control. <laughs> I don't really remember too much about this episode. I think it's one of those ones that I can just skip straight over. But I did mm, like the yes. fact that you've got the um, you've got, you can get the Vulcans. I, I, I love the um, Susie Plaxton. Yeah. I, I love I love that when you you've got the, the Vulcan just coming in and just like why why are you here don't I, understand I, I don't found make this, this make no sense I found this um a really enjoyable little sort of data centric episode and I think Brent Spiner acts this terrifically he's got, so good I've got to commend him for his performance you know just the fact that he gets to experience it you know to, is to this act one where Data grows a beard mm-hmm. I was about to say Data getting a beard in the first scene oh first I love scene. this. Hilarious first scene. Oh, uh, I love it. You know, I actually loved. Um, I watched. Um, I watched because there's obviously a clip on YouTube of that scene, and I loved. I can't remember who it was, but someone in the comments said, "And at this point, Riker's storming around the ship, saying, who the hell stole my beard?'" <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who it was who said that on YouTube, but I thought that was a f- hilarious comment. Can I just pose a question about Ira Graves? Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So he's meant to be the smartest scientist ever, right? Yeah. Why the hell didn't he keep tell what's her name? The Vulcan Doctor. No, um, her, 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 her the the girl with with him. He's his assistant. Yeah. Why did he not teach her about humanoid species? If he's the cleverest man ever, why didn't that never come up? 
have to mm. ask him. Surely that's quite a simple thing to kind of go, well, that's the that's a thingy-majig, that's, that's a Vulcan, that's a Klingon. Yeah. Why did it okay. never come up? Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I also found that, um, I mean, it's not a, really a massive point, but I, I, I thought it was a bit of a shame. We never really found out how he took, well, I know how he turns off data, but how he transforms his consciousness into him. I mean, what, did he press a few random buttons on his computer and voila? Or well, if Everest man ever he'd find a way to USB, USB, they are Jeremy. Okay, right. <laughs> um, it's got the like invasion of body snatchers vibe to it. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's morality tale. People trying to avoid death. Yeah, it's that, and I, I quite the message I sort of got from it as well. Like when Picard was telling me, it's like, it, you know, um, death is a part of life. You know, we fear our mortality, but we have to accept death. Our death is inevitable, and that's part of being human. No life is more valuable or more important than another life. Yeah, yeah. Value life is it could be taken away well. at any moment. And again, it's yellow again. Questions life after death and more mortality. Yeah, but I think also the script as well. I think it's without restraint, and I said that doesn't hold back Spiner from fully acting out his emotions when when he when he's Ira Graves. Um, it raised the interesting question for me though. At what point do you stop being human after transferring your mind into an android? Mm. Good question. Very good well, question. Don't. I don't think I you think, do. I think that I think that's a very yeah, I think that in terms of trying to figure out that, I think that that's a line that's very blurred. It's not simple, what, black you're still, and white. Um, you still, you still think, you still think like a human. You still walk and talk like a human. Yeah, but that's. The, but you forced that upon someone. Phil, yeah, and the thing is, Phil, is even though Data doesn't, as Data, when he's an android, just no one, you know, or transforms himself. When Data is Data. We still, even though he doesn't, ex, ex, even though he doesn't exhibit emotions, we still think of him in a way as human, don't we? Because... Yeah, but it's that typical hum, human. Um, what's, what's the word? Greed and not, not, not thinking about others, just thinking about oneself. Well, what, what, I'm, what I mean is, is the fact that I, I mean, me personally, when I look at a character of data, yeah, he's an android, but I still think of him in a way as as having human characteristics, even though he doesn't experience those emotions. I think maybe it's because through his actions, like when he saves people and things like that, and his sort of innocence of looking at the world and that sort of thing. And, so and being a... able to turn off his emotions of his chip as well. <laughs> when he gets that later, yeah. But I think also, I think I, I can't remember what character says here. It might be Geordie, it might be Picard, but I think he says at some point, I think he's more human than we actually realise, or he's become more human than we actually realise, or something like that. I but, just find yeah. that once... Um, Graves uploads his, his mind into data. I find that he goes a bit corrupt and a bit of power crazy. Yeah, exactly. Is that yeah, definitely. And I don't think he's quite human. I don't think he's. he's I don't, I don't know, but it's a really interesting thing. You sit going, when do when do you be who you are? And then you go, oh, I'll do that. Oh, look at the potential. Look how brilliant I am. That's it, isn't it? Using... The potential is kind of limitless then. And yeah, I mean, and it's when he's losing humans his aren't meant to have that and limitless it, time I mean, period, it's, it's are they? Of, it's a part of humanity, this idea of, of that of power and of that darkness and power <coughs> And I think, yeah, power corrupts. Great I think power yeah. comes great it, responsibility. Consumes great. Indeed. It? <laughs> it reminded me of um, Return to Tomorrow, Jamie, from the original series. No, it reminded me of Space Seed. Space seeds? Where did you get that, Phil? In what People way? not trying to die. 
Oh, um, what? Oh, you mean like eugenics wars? That sort. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Because well, in return, you when they didn't want to die. In return tomorrow, you've got um three aliens that want to build androids. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I thought it had very much similar tones as that episode had. I'd say I think it's interesting. It's just not one that. No, it's it's a fun. Me. It's a fun episode, and I think it got some nice ideas in there. But it's not one that's like, oh my god, this is the best. Thing. No, this is not a definite favourite. It doesn't stick out massively for me. I just, I love, enjoyable. I love seeing Brent Spiner do his thing and being given challenges. Mm. I always like to see what he does when he's thrown into a situation. So it just I, proves I enjoy. Yeah, that's it. I, I love. I love seeing him be tested in these different ways. So anything like that is a winner from me. But I was quite sad, I think, at the end of the episode. It was, Mm. again, you you end up feeling a bit, a bit like Moriarty. You end up feeling a little bit sad for them. Like you go full circle throughout the episode. Yeah, that's it. You just don't, you you know, nobody wants to die. And it's sad. It makes you think about your own mortality as well. Like have you you done everything you should have done in your life? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so well, I, I don't mind the episode. It's not well, too bad. It's just it's got it's got quite a few things in there, but yeah. Yeah, well, I, I actually also just want to quickly bring up the point of I I, I really like the idea of um, when they've got to transport uh, when they've got to go off quickly and they transport the crew down. I think it's like a they slow down for like a millisecond, then they go into a quick warp and the effect of the transport. And I just love Diana's dismay of, of that, and it's just like. I felt like I'd just be gone, come from that wall. Jamie, <laughs> on that note, it's called a near walk transport. Thank you, sir. And it's, to happens. me, it sounded as though it's not uncommon. From what they were saying, it sounded like, yeah, it's not like we only did it a few weeks ago. It's that sort of thing. It's kind yeah. of, yeah, we do this more often than you imagine. It's that sort of thing I got from it. That's... Yeah, but I love Deanna's reaction to it. And particularly when before they're about to beam down and, Rike, and she goes, what do you mean? And I goes, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was quite a nice little little character moment there for, for Riker and Deanna. So, but yeah, yeah, that's that's their whole love story entwining, and isn't it? It's one of those things that's just going to keep going on it's and on and on until they finally get long. to each other. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it's one of those ones where they just never get together, and then when they finally happen, she's just like round of applause, round of applause. I know. Yeah. Overall, I held out such hope, and like five seasons in, I'm, I'm just like, God, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, you, you and then just when you finally get the, the marriage, and everyone has to be naked when they do the, do the wedding, that you're just like, <laughs> what? Oh, okay, maybe this, maybe this wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, go, just go back and watch Haven feel. So you know, <laughs> that's where the idea comes from, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, where are, are we, we now? Um, um, really, really old Pulaski. Unnatural oh. selection. So <laughs> close to dying. So close to dying. <laughs> wow. Shall I read this one? There was one? a bit of a tone in your voice there, Sarah. What, I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. I really don't. That's just that, harsh. That's wrong. It's terrible. Um, it's I, I'm not a fan of Pulaski, it has to be said. Sarah, Shall stop I... the partying. If anybody, if anybody thought Pulaski was a bit of a looker or had a thing for her, not anymore. I tell you that anymore. now after the end Not of this anymore. episode. Shall I read Phil. the thingy? Phil, okay, the... well, let me we'll put it this way, Phil. Who would you who who would you pick between Pulaski and Loaxana Troy? Oh Loaxana. <laughs> are we are we doing Snog Mary Avoid? Again? Yes. 
I think I think I think I'd go straight for Picard. I think aging Pulaski. We never did. We put aging Pulaski in Snogberry Avoid. That would have been a, did, that would have been an easy one, though, wouldn't it? That would have been an easy one. Right. Let me read the let me read the episode guide. Yeah. Okay. Investigating the death of all personnel aboard the USS Lantry, Dr. Pulaski exposes herself to a premature aging drug and faces certain death if the crew of the Enterprise can't find an antidote. I thought, um, for, I thought for, 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 for this episode, I think uh, Diana Moldar did a really good job, actually, and I think this is a good episode for Pulaski. Why is this avoided it? She must, I, yeah, she must, I actually must have, have to say, I, I was warming to her by this point. She uh, yeah, even, phone on me at this yeah, point. Yeah, even though you wished just before we said but said about the episode that you hoped she would die by the end and she didn't. No, I didn't. I said so close to dying. <laughs> so close to dying. You know, I didn't say I was happy about it. You well, can't you see like me you doing a happy dance. <laughs> I did not. So, oh, sorry, Sarah. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Was it no, also I, one she, of those I, ones where age should have, like, I think she must have got there in the end because obviously age comes wisdom and therefore she was then able to do it. Yeah, but, and she had to use a transporter as well, which she didn't like. So I, I, that was my point. So. <laughs> That's it. Moving on. That was it. That, that was it. She, she, she prefers using the shuttlecraft, doesn't she? Yeah. Generally. So, go on, what, um, what, what Jamie's always complaining about with Next Gen is that it's too nice and no one's arguing with each other. It's nice to see that Picard and Plasky are odds with each other. Yeah, I was going to say that. Love-hate relationship. That's a nice little dynamic. And I think, I've, I'll put actually in my notes, not many people are really that keen on Pulaski, citing it's too similar to Spock and Matroy. Matroy? Matroy! See, Phil, I do it as well. And while this may be true, I'd rather have conflict with her and Picard than just them, get, than just them getting a lot along a lot like he does with Beverly a lot of the time. And it's, it's quite you, nice to you... see that dynamic. Yeah. And the thing of it is, it's a head over heart argument, which I think works perfectly for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Did any of you mm. feel that watching it for the first time, or try and think back to it, that actually they were going to get rid of her and bring... Again, that's the thing with Star Trek. Next Gen. Every oh, now well, and then, the, they the always throw the mm. spanner in the works. Oh, they, 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 might, kill her off and... they might bring Crusher back at that yeah, point. That's what mean? I thought. I thought, ah, oh, this is why Crusher's not here. Maybe The whole time... Ill. There is always questions of is this how yeah. it's going to stay, which I think makes next gen brilliant. Yeah, and I think also mm. I think that you know at this point for me at least I found that the possibility that Pulaski might get killed off I was actually quite sad. I was, I was actually quite sad, and I was I was actually quite happy that she did come back alive. So I actually I, I said I think Mel Dark carries this episode really well, and it's the first like Pulaski centric episode. Yeah. I found that. Um, I, I do want to put a shout out to Michael Westmore and his fantastic aging makeup. Yeah, I thought that was that brilliant. Was, um, that was brilliantly well done. I, I found I found it ironic that even by the twenty fourth century paperwork is still an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember that. But yeah, and but... I found that later on it's kind of reworked in Rascals. It's got a very really very similar thing. It's just in reverse. What season yeah. is that? Um, uh, six. six. Oh, I haven't got that yet. I was going to say, I don't recommend that's that episode. That's a really, really yeah, bizarre, no fun episode, Sarah. I won't, I won't even say what it's about. But it's good. It's good. It's, yeah. And the other question I just want to work out is, why did they not destroy the Lantry immediately? Lantry immediately? They just left yeah. it lying around, 
where I mean, anyone could beam onto it, and then you cause another problem. Well, they did. They did have the warning beacons, didn't they? Don't don't bore. <laughs> well, that's going to stop someone. I was yeah, going to say that yeah, makes you want to do it even yeah, more. It's, yeah. So <laughs> do it's, not you enter. No, it's a problem. Shall okay, we just then. go? All right, then blow it up. Goodbye. Yeah. Problem I'm, over. Because you've got to remember, they've, they've left it for about three days unattended. Anyone can beam it, beam board it. Yeah, and, and once and then, again, you've got another problem where you're screwed. And yeah, you, you, the virus yeah. will continue spreading. Yeah. So. <laughs> but but what I found in terms of the uh, the, the messages in the episode was I got um, taking risk and knowing when to take them is part of medical science and being human in order to achieve, to achieve in life. And it sort of ties into the idea of human evolution of the children at Darwin Station. So that they are genetically engineered. So is this right? And it, again, it ties in nicely to the idea of um, the eugenics wars as well. Do we? Hmm? What's that, Phil? Sorry, Sarah. No, no, no. I was just going to say I can't. I'm, I, I. It was such a long time ago. Do we in this episode see Plasky almost a little bit more sort of maternal, the way she is with the children? Uh, yeah, no? yeah. So we, no, we don't normally see that side of her because she's quite cold-hearted. Yeah, she, she, she's quite maternal towards the children. Yeah, she, which is she, quite nice. Mm, They're yeah, trying she, to make you like her a little yeah, bit more. I think. Why are we going to kill her off? Yeah. yeah oh no. I think because mm. because I know I know that Crusher doesn't come back in that. You know the the view of hindsight. I know she doesn't come back in season two, so I I I I didn't think she was going to die. I, yeah, I knew they'd bring her back. It would be okay. Um, but no, I really I I the I like the dynamic with with Picard. I think that was my favourite part of the episode. Seeing the paternal side of her was was nice, and as I say, they're trying to make you like her a bit more. Yeah. But you don't see anyone having that relationship with Picard. I don't think until Roe comes into it a little bit later. There's yeah. nobody that really stands up to Picard in in that way, so it's quite nice. Yeah, and, I think, and challenges uh, him. I think we've, we've, we've both forgotten a really, really good thing about this episode as well. Yeah. Photon torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bit that, write that down in big capital letters. Photon <laughs> torpedo. Got to put that point across. Got to put it. <laughs> well, how many but, do we don't actually? We hardly ever see it, and it, it probably goes back to it's expensive, but. Come on, we just need more photon torpedoes. It's like the first time we've seen it in the whole series. Get back to mm. well, just watch Deep Space Nine, Phil. You'll be you'll be absolutely delighted. Mm. Are they in like every episode? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, what you were saying, Sarah, about Pulaski's um, paternal side, I think that's I think that's I said it is really good because also that that comes up when when she's on the show and she's examining the child doing a medical um, scan and then she gets infected and she goes to it. Oh, it's, it's not your fault. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a really nice moment for Pulaski, yeah. I've got a few more as much as meanings as well, if I, if I can add those. Go on then, Simon. Value life as it could be taken away from you at any moment. Again, it's yellow, yellow again. That's one ongoing theme I found towards like, the first half of it. Mm. Be yourself. Don't try and prove humanity through genetics, mm. e.g. designer babies, as it never ends well, e.g. eugenics was, Jamie mentioned earlier. And I say, I think as Jamie also mentioned, respect your elders. And yeah. respect your twin. Huh? Yeah, I thought you guys would say that. <laughs> yeah, silence of me and Sarah just complimented Simon's huh? What? Right, there's the doc there's a doctor there that says we need help. She looks like a twin of Pulaski. <laughs> oh. you, well the thing is the the, um, the aging makeup. Yeah. No, they were actually um uh pensioner uh, actors. 
Yeah, they just he look he looks like a twin, an older version oh, of Blaz. Right, okay, now I know where you're coming from through. When yeah, you yeah. On the Darwin station they are actually old actors. They didn't get young Senior actors, actors and Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get young actors and aged them up. They are actually they they are just kind of <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, you I want did... to be on Star Trek, don't you? Oh yes, I do. Ooh. It must have taken a life age to film it. Five every five minutes, to whip into the loo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit crude for me. And how cringy is it be kind of going through um, Plasky's um, quarters? You wouldn't want to go through the wrong drawer, would you? No. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So oh, luckily, they didn't. don't go in that drawer, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Wolf might have liked it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Moving but, um, on. But yes, I, no, I, didn't, I didn't have any. I said it's not a favourite contender, but I didn't find anything. It's really one I've confident. always enjoyed from a young age, and I have no idea why. It's just one of those yeah. which is kind of. Yeah, I haven't got a problem with this episode. I actually quite like it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I do. I quite like this episode. It's just, it's a bit of an oddity, but everyone seems to draw on it. I say, maybe it's the fact that, like you say, Plastic's going to die. So everyone kind of has a small celebration. It's kind of, I've got to witness this. Hey! It's also the first oh. one we've all agreed on. If we don't agree, all agree on any of them, from now on, we do realise this is now the, the, the episode. Oh, we, we were, we <laughs> we've agreed on this episode, which is weird. Q-Who, so... Yeah. Mm. Actually, well, it's Q, you know I don't like Q yet. <laughs> oh, we know how on me, but, uh, He's growing on me, yeah. You don't like Q? So, never um... have done. He's, he just he just annoys me. <laughs> Jake, he didn't too arrogant. Too I didn't at this point. What's wrong point with time. you? Season, season three, episode Phil will probably change your mind. I think at this I think point the, in time, I think, if I think you have a this, send us an email. But I just find him very arrogant. As a, as a, I just don't like arrogancy too much. He just, he just annoys me. Fair enough. Fair I, I did like the episode with his, uh, with his daughter. I thought that was a really good episode, and I started to like him from there. Daughter. He has a daughter. Yes. What? Q. Yes. What? Well, it's not a daughter, but it's it's like a not a daughter, but it, someone a young Q. version of him. You talk about season six, Phil. The 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 blonde the blonde uh, woman. True Q. True Q. Was it Amanda Rogers? No, we've lost him. We've lost him. What actually lost him? Phone call. Oh. Oh, we've actually lost Phil completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. We need yeah. an explanation. What is he talking about? Yeah, I was going to say. Wh- what a time to drop out. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't remember. I haven't got to any. I've, we, I've, I've seen the episode where there's another... Q entity chastising him for being naughty, but that's about it. <laughs> Welcome back, Phil. Hello. 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 So you had a few computer problems, and I take it because he just sort of dropped off there. Yeah. Thankfully, the computer's turned back on now, but um, I'm using a tablet as a backup um, so that it doesn't turn off again. So, yeah, you've got me all the time. and You can't lose me now. <laughs> yeah. So what were you on about with female Q? Q? Daughter. 
Yeah. Well, I, I realised afterwards in my confusion, it's probably not a daughter. It's probably someone like him. But there was a, oh, I remember this little blonde girl that yeah, was on true, the Enterprise. True, true, true. Yeah, Amanda Rogers. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. What season are we talking about? Six, I think. Season six. Yeah, I haven't got there yet. Season six. Season right, but it's a random episode. I remember watching some for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember I why or where or when. Which is why it's... you got confused. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's season yeah. six, episode five, if I recall correctly. Very well done. There we go, Jamie. Good man. Well, so, I, I, unnatural section. We think it's all right. We, we, yeah, or, really good. A really good episode. I, it's not a favourite, but I didn't have any problems with it, really. It's enjoyable, isn't it? It's just yeah. Star Trek being Star Trek. Hmm. Just leaving a ship when they probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, should we move on as a matter of honour? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is a, this is definitely an out and out contender, isn't it? Oh, de- oh you, what you you're going to put as a favourite contender, Phil? I've got three, and this is my second one. Oh, this one's an, this one's a contender for me as well. So this is my second one. Um, I, I've said this to Sai already, and there's another one I put up later in the season. I don't know why, but I I've started to as I really love these Klingon episodes. They are I good. I I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe it's to the clean ones as a culture, but I just really, really like these episodes. Again, and... I'm going to be controversial again. I've never liked this one either. Mm, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I've never got, got the hang of it. I've never... No. I, no, I think, no. I think for me, this is this is an episode that I think is a huge stride forward in terms of quality and what eventually the series will become much more consistently throughout it's the It's kind of a seasons. standout episode for season two, isn't it? Don't oh, yeah. be wrong, it's a great fish out water storyline, but and it's got great concept. But for me, it's just an okay episode. Mm. But I just, I just, you know, it's just nice. It's this idea again of the Klingons and the humans, like Riker, learning off each other and coming to respect each other's culture and understand it. I have got a few things about the uh, exchange program which I don't get. Sure. So the Benzai comes on board in a Starfleet uniform. Why doesn't why doesn't uh, Riker do it? Why is he still in a Starfleet uniform if it's an exchange program? Yeah, that was a bit weird for me as well. That's a good point, Sai. I didn't consider that. Yeah, I'll give you that, yeah. And how can the Benzai society function, exist, or be sustainable the way they function? That's just their way, isn't it? It's just... Well, by the time they solved the problem, they're all dead. (laughs) Oh, that's another one gone. Oh, that's another one (laughs) gone. You know, well, you know, and I'll just... (laughs) I just think um, it's just I think and I think Riker gets some. T- I think Jonathan Frakes is terrific in this episode. I do think it's um, kind of first inklings of Riker's um, potential to be a captain. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was I like the fact you know you know he's always been a bit roguish and confident, but I think also he comes across as a bit of a daredevil, loves a challenge. So when Picard yeah. asks him why he wants to volunteer, Riker replies because no one else has done it before. I thought that was brilliant. And it's a it's a very Riker thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, and I think a song that um, Darren Mooney brought up really nicely was I think Wolf also gets some great development in this episode. So he goes, "Oh, I've studied and know everything about my heritage, but the fact is, Wolf has had so little experience outside of of his ideas of of Klingon culture because he's been yeah, he's, he's, for so long. It's kind of a warped perception of what actually Klingons are, for as far as." As far as Worf is concerned, yeah. obviously you don't truly know, do you? 
Yeah, which is probably why he gives Riker that little tra- hint transporter thing. And what so... you might not know is that Klingon captain is the Patrick uh, captain later seen in Sumerian Snow. Oh, I didn't oh. know that. It's the same that's actor. A, that's a real contrast. I did not know that. I didn't know that. But I think also, and also, I think like the idea of cultures learning from each other, I think that's mirrored beautifully in the subplot with Ensign Menden. So, you know what you were saying, Si, about, oh, this is how we would do it. Well, Picard, you know, Picard says, oh, we do it this way. But I think this is a good example of where Wesley's used really nicely. And I think throughout season two, this is this is where Wesley, as a character, started to use a lot better than season one. I'm... So, Oh, sorry, Jay, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, so when when um, when Picard informs old Mendel, you know, when Picard informs that we should have uh, what we should have done, and Wesley helps Mendel to understand, he goes, "Oh, Mendel goes, oh, I'll learn your way." But I love it when Wesley replies, "But no way is better. It's up to both our superiors to decide." So I thought that was just the way that's mirrored with Riker's learning off the Klingons and vice versa. I just think that was done really nicely. Yeah. Sorry, Jeremy. Say? Sorry about right. that. Um, okay. I thought you finished. I think it's the first prof time we get to see the Klingon culture, isn't it? I think that's what you're kind of saying, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, as yeah, you get to understand what really drives them, but also the fact that the Klingons and the humans, they, yeah, they were enemies once, but there's actually quite a lot. They're they're quite similar in a lot in a few ways. So Klingons laugh like humans do because Riker goes, "Oh, I didn't know Klingons had a sense of humour," or like a very simple, very it's so simple, but it's so very effective. Like I love the joke he does about kind of you know kind of which one, oh, one or both of them. Yeah, <laughs> again, um, that's, that's playing to Riker's um, roguish side, isn't it? I found that the Morris mission meanings. It's kind of when you're in a different culture, embrace it. So it's the when in Rome, do as Romans do. Yeah, uh, there's always room for improvement. No real loyalties lie. Everyone makes mistakes. That's part of life. Yeah. Mm. Is this the one where he eats all the Klingon food in preparation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that scene. Again, you learn about the Klingons, what they like, what drives them. Um, obviously, what their, their their food choices. I just, oh, it's just such a great episode, every aspect. And I also thought, um, I also even think O'Brien gets a nice little character moment as well in the transport when Maracas is about to beam over, as well to to the Klingon ship. So. He goes, I wouldn't want to go, and and Riker replies, you're not afraid, you're not, you're not afraid, and it's like, well, no, I'm not, but I, I, but, but Brian goes, but I would be. I'm Riker, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah, and it's just, and also I think like the the sets and design of the Klingon ship, I love the contrast between the the, the set and lighting from the Klingon ship as opposed to the Enterprise. So like the Klingon ship is a lot more darker, more pressed, and more like the the space is much Very more ominous, sp- isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. With no um, doubt reused from Star Trek. Well, that would be six by that point. Um, oh just... no, 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 because that was too early. About Star Trek three, that sort of thing. It'd be redressed from the Bird of Prey pro- uh, set. Yeah, and I think. just and this episode just lives up to the ideals of Star Trek. Just this idea of respecting and understanding other cultures. It's just a fantastic episode. I all I've always loved this one. Really do. And Wesley's used to good effect. It's not him saving the ship again. It's him helping an outsider and and helping just you know just being a friend. Are you glad yeah. it's not that this year, Sarah? Full of yeah. Wesley saving the ship it every week. It went a week. little bit over the over the top, I think, with that. But no, I really like 
like the development of Wesley over the seasons, definitely. What about you, Phil? Wesley's always a bit of a well, yeah. For this, for the for me, he starts to do a bit of a turning point. He yeah. stops becoming that annoying little brat that saves everything, and actually, he becomes one of the crew members that just does their job. Whereas I find Wesley, oh, he's not a crew member, so when he saves the world, he's brilliant. But when Riker does it or when Geordie does it, it's just his job. And yeah. I, I used to hate that, but now it's it, it's become. They, they've got the balance right. I think that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what else did you... What, what, what's this um, for you, Phil, in terms of what, why have you put it up as like a favourite contender then? Uh, it's, a, it's a Klingon episode, so I love Klingon episodes. B, okay, you yeah. get to learn much more about Klingons, but you get to learn and you do it with Worf. And that's the important thing, you do it with him. So you learn and you go for it with... Excuse me. You go for it with him. Um, so it's that whole progression that you do it together so not only are the people the, the fans learning about it but the character is also learning about it and the actors are learning about it at the same time yeah sarah good what point. are your thoughts on it yeah really good episode really good it's i say it's one of the sort of standout ones of season two i think would really you put it good. up as a contender or i wouldn't put it up as a contender no but but i get the sense it's good almost, episode i get the sense it's almost there but not quite yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think I enjoyed some better than this one, but That's fair but, enough. But it's a good episode, good episode, sort of out of the comfort zone of you know the Enterprise and yeah, um, yeah, good. Some of the some of the messages I got from it was um, mistakes happen, but the best thing to do is to learn from them. So when Ensign Mender messes up on the Enterprise protocol, um, obviously learning, understanding, respecting other cultures. Yeah. Um, and also, there is more to a culture than on the surface, so don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. So, like, when, when Riker goes, oh, I didn't know, I didn't think Klingons laughed, or that sort of thing, and the other the Klingons speaking to him goes, there's much you don't know about us. So, yeah. Mm. So, Shall we go on to <laughs> one that we're all going to put up? Yep. Yep. Oh, episode The measure nine. of a man. <gasps> oh, yeah. Who wants to... Who wants to um, luxury of reading this one out because we know we all want to. But well, I think the guest should do it. Oh, thank you because you know it's going to be one of my favourites. Okay. <laughs> I so feel like this is for everyone. Sorry, go on. <laughs> the measure yeah. of a man. When Data refuses to participate in experiments where he will serve not only as a blueprint but as a spare part supply, he is put on trial. As Data's commanding officer, Picard argues at the suggestion that Data is not a free agent, but the property of Starfleet. This is just the best episode ever. I love it. Where should we even begin with this brilliant, well, just, oh, this episode's mind-blowing. It's just everything, isn't it? It's just got everything. Yeah, the amount. (laughs) (laughs) The the amount that they've put into this in 45 minutes is staggering. It's epic. It is incredible. It really is. one of the best episodes across the whole of the sort of... I mean, I've oh, only watched absolutely. Four, I mean, it's, it's four and a half fan, seasons, right? but this mm. stands out as yeah. this is what Star Trek does best. So yeah. we're all going to... It's all candidate for three of us then, right? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Can it's I, it's yeah. my three. Uh, three. Don't you mean four of us? I said all of us, I said. Oh, sorry, I thought you said three of us. Sorry, so I have to give one. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out, because I say I watched the Blu-rays, I watched the normal version for this but i did 
as a kind of rewatch for it, I did watch the what was it? I think I watched the extended version of it. Yeah. But for for this reason, I just watched for my notes effectively the normal version. Yeah. But I would recommend getting Blu-rays and watching them because they are brilliant. As I was saying, while Phil was having his piece problems, I think you, I think the three of you would love them. I think you yeah. would love the different versions of it. Because yeah. you, you watching HD, so you definitely said you get a unique experience and the rest of it. It really adds to it. Like you mm. see the scene in between the Admiral coming on board and like the turbolift journey. You actually understand the relationship between Picard and him. It isn't the only small moments, but they had so much more to it that, yeah. oh, I think you'd enjoy it. It's like, it's, 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 like it's just worth a watch. I, I don't know. It's just... What I also loved was another little shot when um, Picard is, meets um, uh, Captain Nouveau and you see the uh, and you see the Enterprise actually outside the window drifting past. Yeah, and like it's something it, I've got to find out with this. Um, where is it? It's going the wrong way around. In the conference lounge scene, the Enterprise is orbiting uh, Starbase 173 in reverse, anti-clockwise. Whereas if you watch it from Starbase 73, it's going around <laughs> clockwise. So if you, I say, have a watch, and you'll see that it actually, the Starbase goes around the wrong way. You're going, yeah. what went wrong there? Um, there's a bit of product placement with the Franklin Mint with Data's medals, which I think I mentioned last season in some way. The courtroom set is the redress of the Enterprise the Battle Bridge, as I said before. Yep. Uh, uh, I think it's set on a new star base, so they didn't have to employ any extras. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I thought that the opening poker scene was a way of showing how uh, Data's still evolving. Yeah, yeah, I, and that I, poker scene is a is a historic thing that keeps happening, doesn't it? Because it happens later on. Yeah, I, that I poker found, scene. I found that actually, as you really great, you brought that up, side because um, what I found was the little scenes like the poker scene, like um, when Data's saying goodbye to his friends and unwrapping his presents. That that plays on the overall larger themes of the episode. Ah, well, in the extended, he becomes version, more human. He becomes more human. In the leaving party scene. Uh, Maddox actually comes into it and they all really? tend to piss off and then that's when they all get told to go to uh, Flipper's office and have that debate ah. about oh it's a really frosty scene you go oh my god oh. he gets a really frosty thing. he gets a yeah. really frosty reception he really does but it's that notion that oh, as as he says to um, Maddox later when he, when he, well, he just barges into his quarters he, he goes Oh, your knowledge and memories remain intact, but that it says, yeah, but I'll lose the substance of those memories. Like, take poker, he says, I learned everything about it, yet I discovered that when in reality playing it, it bore little resemblance to the rules. There's a couple of things that I found really interesting. I found that Dr. Blasky and Commander Maddox go through the same journey over a different amount of time, respecting data by seeing him as, as living. So Blasky yeah, does it over... Yeah. But he doesn't do it as bad as he. He's just exactly, an absolute yeah. next Tuesday. And I find it ironic that Commander Maddox wants to deny data from going into Starfleet Academy, but then wants to construct more androids to serve in Starfleet. Yeah. How, how, seems, how does that work? That seems like a bit of a contradiction. Exactly. But uh, just and uh, just other things. I mean, just the and ideas. In, sorry, gone. Sorry. I think what you're about to say is it's for like the foundations for episodes concerning holographic rights as well. 
yeah, that's yeah, that's one thing. So, Jamie, you, you carry on because I did really, really interrupt you. Again. No, no, it's fine. Well, actually, I, I wasn't actually going to say the holographic thing, so it's good that you brought that up. Um, I was going to say that it's again, it's this notion of what is data? Is he alive from this? He have consciousness, but the notion of personal liberties and freedoms. Mm, by yes, forms. civil and human rights. Yeah, mm. and slavery. No one owns anyone else. Mm. Yeah. I do love the way that Picard deals with it again, ever the diplomat, ever the way of ever working it, because there's nothing he can do, but yeah. be smart and clever about it. If you, because if he's seen to do anything else, it wouldn't work. It's questions what life is and how to identify it, and it's the the thought, the thing that came to mind is the saying: "Is there blood thicker than water?" Yeah, and it's like I just and Picard's speech at the end is just phenomenal. Absolutely, and, and you can really feel the passion in Stuart. And I think performances across the board from from Frakes, from Stuart, from Spiner, all terrific. It's, yeah, it's definitely. friendship is the most important thing. So when you have it, when you find it, hold on to it and keep it close by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and just and and you know just the simple things of humanising day. So like the poker, he's like this showcase of medals and his hollow picture of Tasha Yar. And he and when Picard oh asked, that scene when they talk yeah. about Tasha Yar and oh, his face, you know, and when 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 we were intimate. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and this just, is so sad. But what's also fantastic is originally in this episode there was a bit of a difference of opinion with. Roddenberry and the writers, because originally Roddenberry wanted it that Data would submit to the procedure, because in the 24th century you wouldn't have conflict. Yeah. You know, and that for me is a a massive leap forward, because you know, as I said earlier, I've always found Next Gen a bit too rose tinted at times. It's not as much as you think it is. If you do a bit of delving, it really isn't. Exactly. And the fact is, you know, as I think Lavoie says that this idea of sometimes conflicts and disagreements are a necessary part of of resolving conflict itself and that would be the cornerstone of what this space norm would be yeah. I, I just found Picard's delivery where he goes you know do you, do you, do you I think that it's like the second one that really talks to the audience like directs it right to you Yeah, and you go oh like you get shivers yeah, yeah. but the fact the episode introduces this notion well, of everything, everything it talks about, it's just extraordinary. I mean, and even his relationship with Captain Novoir, that is so interesting because you know she was, um, he she was at his court martial. Like he, she was that's, the one. You don't know much about it. That's a curious yeah. thing about it. It's just yeah, like... exactly because there seems to be resentment between them, but at the same time, there seems to be an underlying sort of attraction. So it's like, what exactly happened? And I think that's left nicely unresolved. <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, for all those reasons, this episode just... Oh. You guys have got to watch the extended versions. Yeah. You it have sounds got like it. to. Because, mm. oh, I, only, I say there's two different versions. I only watched the extended version. And there's like a hybrid version, which I didn't watch. But it's just like, oh, you mm. guys... Make it just... a bit more meaningful. Yeah. I, I think next time you're around, I think I might have to put it on. You'll go... How did I live life without this? How did I live <laughs> did life I... watching it? <laughs> yeah, I do that with all of the rings and, and the Hobbit. I can't watch the originals. Just, just the extended, fantastic. So much just, better. Yeah. How could we not put this through? I think we'd get emails if we didn't. I think we would get. We would get. Well, the phasers wouldn't be on stun. They would be on kill. I think. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. This is it's, one of the best. It's a very hard episode to go, uh, f- uh, follow, though. 
In what sense? Yeah, because if you if you look at the next episode, yeah. <laughs> how, yeah, how do you top that? Scary yeah, so monsters with red so eyes and lots of fur. Oh Christ! So Sarah, did you? Did oh you... no, I'm in love. Look at me! <laughs> oh, shoot him! So Sarah, did you like measure of the thing? Did you like the measure of a man then for sort of the same reasons I think we sort of said? I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Just ev- everything about it. The the performances what it stood for, all the subtle sort of undertones. Yeah. I love your live tweeting during it. You're like, oh, no, they can't do that to Data. They can't. They can't take Data away. Yeah, but Sarah's right. They can't. It's funny, isn't it? (laughs) You know, we, we, you know, as an audience, we see so much of him and in him and the crew do as well. Yeah. But, of course, anyone coming in like Pulaski or Maddox coming in from the outside, he's just an android, you know. It's like looking at a coffee pot, you know, but it's not. I just love love that comparison you made, size from Maddox to Pulaski, because I didn't actually make that connection, so I think that's really, really cool. He's a toaster. He he knows nothing. That's (laughs) it. They they have that attitude about him, and, 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 you know, and I remember saying before, like, when we saw Brent Spiner at DST3, and he said, oh, you know, it, it was the audience projecting stuff onto me. Mm. Um, and, and maybe it is. Maybe we see things in him that you know aren't there, or it's, what we want to see in him. But... It's carrying on from what I was saying last week about um, personifying pets and animals. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Just kind yeah. of you always put human emotions on another got... yeah. species. You've got to think, though, if they'd gone with Roddenberry's original idea of, all oh, data submits to the procedure, it wouldn't have been episode half. Would you, just ha- would you just have the doors and just hear, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can understand Roddenberry's point of view in terms of, yeah, this is this is obviously 24th century, things aren't like that. But in this episode's case, like, it wouldn't have been half as interesting, I don't think. It wouldn't have been yeah. the same episode. It, no. it just wouldn't. It wouldn't no. at all. But yeah, I think that's a definite two thumbs up from all of oh, us. I wonder whether the Maddox got his hands later on on um, law and possibly beef. Oh, not before because he became data, but like uh, left a, a law's remains, maybe. Just mm. that's, that's an interesting thought, actually. Not trying to give that. too much away to Sarah and um, <laughs> Phil, Phil, but it's mm. you do kind of wonder what happened. Just kind of. Well, we'll store him away. It would just so happen to go by Starbase One Seventy Three. You know, just might as well. <laughs> they are medics. Have a bit of fun. Just, just don't turn him on. All right, don't yeah, turn yeah, him on. Yeah, just don't switch him on. No. Shall we go on to the dolphin? The dolphin. Uh, yeah, Wesley. Well, as the unauthorized trekker guide said that you got me and Phil sight. Wesley Crusher in love. Enough said. Wesley's... I love this episode. <laughs> Wesley is attracted to the alien princess Thalia, who is accompanied on the Enterprise by a severe governess as they journey to a world where they will become the new leaders of her civilization. Um, now, now this is an example of where Wesley is not used. Having a whole put on Wesley in love, I'm sorry, didn't work. I'm afraid. Oh, I love um, this episode. I think, and you know, I think um, what I will say though is I think Wheaton catches the. Um, the notion of a first teenage crusher in love quite well, despite I think the script not being great and the acting being a little bit wooden in places. I, um, I struggle with this. I've got about seven points. I found yeah. four more as Mrs. Meanings. I could literally <laughs> do mine in about space of a minute. Right, so the, the 
magnet prop is reused multiple times in like prime factors and voyager mm-hmm. um when i was younger i think i fancied salia <laughs> fair enough first time we see shapeshifters in a modern star trek series I found that the guy in Riker scene was a bit of a cliche. I think that was the point, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I always found it. I've always found it a bit cringy. That's all. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of the galaxy is explored by this point in time. Twenty three sixty four. If I'm right by that, I think I looked it up. Ninety. Um, 90% did you say ninety? Nineteen. Nineteen. Thank you. Yeah. Again, my hearing. <laughs> I think. If this is one thing I've never understood, if they want to get their best possible speed, why do they go at warp eight point eight instead of their maximum speed of nine point six? So if you're saying let's get there at the fastest time we can, mm. so it's like going like ten miles an hour on a on a um, normal road when you can go thirty. It's that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's the only time we see it inbuilt. Uh, force fields on the doors, and that, Is it really? that that's the only time it happens. Oh, yeah, it does, isn't it? Ah. Because you can't really count the first time in season one because that was just kind of like the brig, an early version of the brig, kind of yeah, layover really, from really uh, the original count, series. But that is me done. I have nothing else apart from the Morris missions and meanings, which are gone at the end of the episode of this thing. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I just I just found that. You know, you know Wesley and Celia's relationship. I said they've got some nice little chemistry between them, but I found it really hard to care about her. She's so. The problem is she's too one-dimensional. Like we know she she she's got she's destined to rule an entire planet and bring two warring factions to peace. It's always been her past since her parents were killed. But you can un- make you can see her frustration, maybe understand it. But it's like we never found out why she is so important. Why is she destined to rule and like why it's, it's all on her? It's the Romeo and Juliet thing. It's that thing. It is a bit again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like maybe her parents were important, that's why the duty falls on her, but I just found it's No, it's not the feeling I got from it. I always got here's some random person from that side, here's another random from that side. They fell in love. They we get again, I think I I, I think I listened to the mission log about this one. It's just kind of is that what they? Is that what they? But it's just kind of how weird is it that they t- to help? They're going to get rid of. They're going to take them out of the picture and then bring them back eighteen years later. It's like what? Well, huh? I just, I, what, for me, it just, it just wasn't enough there, and I just, I didn't really care and about. Could, I think Nelson said a point about uh, the prime directive. Surely there's a question about that as well. Yeah, it's just like what? Up, yeah. yeah. Phil, just, you've been very quiet about this episode. <laughs> Because I said a lot of the, the start before we went on to it that I just thought it was an absolute. Is it is it the Wesley Crush from Love Enough said thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's just sort of uh, why why do another episode about bloody uh, just yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing that I found as well I didn't like was when Wesley finds out that Celia C- is a shapeshifter or lassomorph, and though he, you can understand why he's upset and angry when she asks, "Oh, does it matter what I look like?" and he goes, "Yes, it does." It's like what? It's again, it's the it's what's on the inside that's important. That's what yeah. they're trying to teach. Yeah, but, but he's yeah. like a teenager. You know, teenagers mm, teenagers I, don't think like that. Yeah, I just I, I just found his whole attitude. I just found him to be. I found him a bit of a jerk in that. Why scene. did he only feed her chocolate mousse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Diana's favourite um, uh, food, isn't it? I'm You've got a ship full of 
<laughs> Millions of possibilities, and you choose chocolate mousse. Yeah, it's again, is that is it that, that age old teenage thing? Oh, we don't know a lot about love, so let's go to the get a milkshake sort of thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good point, Phil. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, yeah, there's not really much in this episode. That I've, I said again, there's some nice chemistry between the two characters. I think I said I think Wheaton carries the teenage love crush first time thing quite well. It and was his first um, first kiss on screen. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I found four morals, missions, and meanings with it. One that Go I've on, already then. said: don't judge a book by its cover. Love is different every time. Peace yeah. is something worth fighting for, and as I said earlier, it's what's on the inside that's important. That's yeah. no, I agree with that. It's that's, just a yeah. bit meh. It's in between Measure of a Man and the next one. It doesn't really stand out, and it's not an episode I would go to if I'm thinking of a random one to watch. But beyond, as I said, beyond what we've talked about, the only other things like was obviously the, the Riker guy and cheesy flirty banter, which I thought was hilarious. And when Wesley's asking Wolf and uh, Wolf dating advice and the bridge and data chips in about biological compatibility, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I love, I love the um, the card, doesn't he say? When I oh no, isn't it later on he goes in oh the one with data and love, isn't it? Or is it this one? I was getting mixed up where Picard goes, If I've got any advice, I'll tell you. Is it um, this one or the or the other one? I'm not sure, it might be this one. Um can't remember. So so what do you really love about this episode then, Sarah? Because you said you really, really like it. I just like seeing a different side of Wesley. Like we said the first series was like just really over the top, you know, Wesley saves the day. Mm. This this was just showing Wesley as a normal sort of teenage boy. So I, I Actually, kind of liked that character development of him. Like just, It's a bit of a sappy episode. Yeah. But just de- seeing a different side of him where he's just a normal teenage boy dealing with hormones. Mm. I just, I quite like that. Side of it. That's a really good point, actually, and that's something I actually didn't oh, think about. Oh, thank you. So that's a really, that's a really <laughs> good point. Don't sound so surprised. <laughs> Sorry, was that how I said it? My one oh salient point throughout the whole episode. <laughs> I love the fact that one, like, every episode you come on, so you get offended by like, one of them. Just kind of. <laughs> One of us. One of us, like one of them, walks into a trap. So what? That, that, <laughs> was, that was my turn. I do apologise, Sarah. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. That's so funny. Well, between that, with that, and Matt, that, and me, uh, prop, um, propositioning her, you know, we've done quite well. well yeah, uh, I think so. Good. Yeah. Good. No, I yeah. said that. That was my reasoning. I know it's it's not. It doesn't compare to sort of the measure of a man and things oh, like no. that. But it I, just I, it just seeing a different side of Wesley. I, I, I like that character it, development. I understand yeah. what you're saying, Sarah. That's fair enough, and I'm a yeah. hopeless romantic. Oh. So it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on then. <laughs> so, Moving swiftly on. Doesn't that make you warm Should we go to the hotel? No, no, Phil. That's not, not that next, one. Phil. <laughs> Phil, doesn't it make you feel warm and fuzzy inside seeing Wesley in love? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a no. no it's contagion, isn't it? Yeah. Contagion it's... is next. That's I nice. love this. Oh, I'm another one. One of my other candidates because I've always loved it. Always loved it. Amazing episode. I've really enjoyed it. Can I just make a really silly point straight away? Yes. Star Trek does Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, was was there a reason for that? Did it come out at the same time, or I just found it hilarious. It's kind of just the idea of gateways, wasn't it? The iconic mm. yeah. gateways. Yeah. I always find it curious that if God had left it just a microsecond later, he could have just ended up on the bridge of Enterprise. 
<clears throat> Who wants to do a plot for it? Uh, do you want me to do it? Okay. Anyone else all right with that? You go with it, Jamie. Cool. Um, after, wit after witnessing the destruction of the USS Yamato, Picard follows Yamato Captain Varley's hunch. It says haunch on here. It okay. does say haunch. Uh, that the planet Iconia contains a valuable remnant of a now instinct but extinct but technically... I've got a haunch. <laughs> but technically advanced civilization. Um, really, really good episode. One I've always enjoyed, but it's not a contender for me personally. It's for really? It's for I me. Love it. Yeah, it I, I only did actually did a top three, so I probably made an error. This would have been my fourth. I love the scene where Wolf carries data. I think that's brilliant. Well, it Phil, really is. Phil, Phil, go for it. Just go for it, it Phil. For, you might just... as well. I mean, I'm going to be the odd one out on this one, but fair enough, you know. <laughs> I think I'm it's going to give it a fourth then. I, for me, I think it's. it's a... No, I just uh, that's that scene where you, where Wolf picks up data. I just it's that whole sort of I, I quite like the things where it's sort of you know like it's the age old thing of someone gets wounded. No, leave me, and it's like no, I will save you. And it's like or, or, or like the Lord of the Rings where, where uh, Sam goes, I can't make you walk, but I can lift you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the next scene where like Data wakes up, kind of. I was on a cone, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. I just love that scene, just yeah. kind of the timing of it. May I help? This is such a good episode. I I, I, as I was going to say, it's a plot that resonates more that did today than it did when it was recorded. It's all yeah. about computer viruses. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a big thing. This should have followed Measure of a Man. Yeah. No, that would have been too much. No, maybe, no, maybe, that's why, just... maybe that's why the dolphin was what it was and why it was there, maybe. I think, I think it's quite a dark yeah. episode, though. Just throwing... The USS Amato with the right ridges in this episode are being destroyed in the first four minutes. Yeah, the loss of a thousand people. Yeah, and it's it's not something that's just brushed aside. And I like that. I like that scene with Wesley when he goes into. Yeah, that's a really clever way of getting the the um, audience up to speed with what's going on, yeah. whilst having character development for Wesley. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, I haven't lost anything, have you? You can just literally go straight into yeah, and what's going also, on. Sorry, go on, Phil. Sorry. No, it's, a, it's like, just going on on Simon's point. It was just a lovely way of literally just cutting you into the episode. And it, um, you get a bit of character development with Picard as well because of archaeology. I was just and about to say The other point, yeah. I think, it also utilises every member of the crew properly. Yeah, which is really very well. difficult to do. Everyone has yeah. their, 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 their moment. Yeah. And yeah. I've always you watched it together, sorry, actually. I think we did, yeah. Um, you I... when we watched it together. And I think I sat there excited, puppy. I think when when you were watching it, didn't I? I think. Phil. <laughs> um, I've always loved the gateway special effects. Yeah, they're really well done. Spectacularly well done. That you sit there going, "Oh my god, that's incredible!" It's I say it's just like Conan's. It's just incredible, and they say they come yeah. back in SGO stuff online, and it's just like. But what you also said, Sai, about, like, again, we said, um, oh, God, uh, Picard, his passion for archaeology, that's not something that's just set up and left. It's brought up later in The Chase, season six, and I think um, a couple of other episodes. That's what I that's, love about Star Trek is the continuity. Yeah, it's that foundation yeah. that's set up nicely. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that his archaeology is our time. I found that quite a nice paradox. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and it's like, um, yeah, like Sherlock Holmes using Sherlock Holmes. It's using stuff that's relatable to us now. 
Yeah. Uh, Which I think is really good. <laughs> You'll find this hilarious. The, what, the few Morris Mishmees. There's a few stupid ones in it, but there's a few really good ones in there. Don't jump to conclusions, find out the truth. Because yeah. that's all about don't blame the Romlins when you haven't found out what has actually happened. Um, the it crowd, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually love them. I, could, I think Riker also gets a great one line. He goes, because you know the, sh- the, the shields keep going. Can anyone find a rock to fraud them? Yeah. In case it's Unplug it and put it back in again. Um, evacuation is always an option. Always update your virus scanner and go. Yep. And if they had just had AVG. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be a bit of a kick in the teeth of Pharaoh. Other, other, um, other virus scans can be uh, also be provided. Don't always rely on technology. <laughs> Hey! That's what we're putting yeah, it thanks. down to. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's what we're putting it down to. Iconians. Yeah. In the goods. It was thanks. Iconians. That's, that's the problem with your computer, Phil. They've infiltrated it. But what have yeah, I been saying? We rely too much on technology. Thank hey, you. Jamie. There's you something for your blog that you're going to write sometime. Yeah. <laughs> In the next billion years, yeah. He is honest. Um, but what, what I also found, another little message, is how our passions define who we are and the choices we make. So Picard likes archaeology and he leads the away team as well. So, Riker's annoyance. Yeah, it's a Riker. That whole scene with him and Riker, I mean, he was always going to go. It's just like, I mean, they've done that before, so move on. I don't yeah. know. I don't think it was needed. But I think, and I, I thought the uh, the standoff with the Romans was really well done and quite tense as well. But Caroline Seymour, yet yeah. again. I think I think that's actually done well every time they have a standoff with the Romans. It's always really well done, I think. So yeah, I said I really enjoyed this episode, but for me it's not a contender. But Ooh. Oh controversial. Being controversial. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So should we should we move on to the hotel now? <clears throat> well, such a crappy, stupid episode. <laughs> we can just skip right over it, can't we? Oh no, I love this episode. Oh, they go to a casino. They find us a, a space astronaut who's been be there. Everybody, one, two, three. Do, 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 and it's one useless episode for mankind. Yeah, right. Even now, I still don't really get this episode. <laughs> no, it's 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 bizarre and surreal in the extreme. Yet it oddly works. I just I just That's like it. I don't. I yeah. can't explain why. As they go into the the casino, nobody looks at them as if they look weird. They just carry on gambling. I mean, yeah. what the hell? They're addicted, <laughs> you know. Shall they I read the what's from, it? From South America. I read what's it. Is it cheesy? It? Orange. Yeah. I have right. to admit, I did struggle with oh, it. No, she's, en- she's cheesy and orange. Um, I do enjoy it. I did struggle did... with it, though. Did you want to do the synopsis for this episode, Sarah? Oh, I shall read the synopsis, Jamie. Okay, the Royale. Riker, Wharf, and Data transport to the surface of what should be a poison-shrouded world after finding debris of a NASA space vessel and discover a structure containing a reproduction of the literary hotel and casino royale. Yay! It is the most bizarre episode. Why does not James Bond turn up? I just don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shaken off. The hotel doesn't comply with health and safety rules, only having one exit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and where do they put their laundry now? Where did the food come? Then and why do all these gamblers just don't, they don't win anything? 
we've had this conversation about health and safety before. They don't wear seatbelts, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's why I love Into Darkness, that moment when they're going down. Yeah, I was going to say, they're doing Abrahams. Yeah, I'll just... Brilliant. I got really excited. And I'm worried that America's um, America gets another couple of states in the next 20 years. Does that mean that President Trump annexes the United Kingdom by 2036? Uh, oh. Well, one of the things I did, I did like about this episode was like, the nice touch on the notion that humans still have a lot to learn. So even yeah. in the past, though, that 800-job math puzzle at the start of Picard's Yeah, it's, as I say, it's continuation of Picard's puzzle-solving um, phase. Yeah. <clears throat> um, why, did, why did the guy only write one dire entry? <laughs> That's a very <laughs> good question. Well, Colonel Richell, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been here 20 years, and I'm about to die. I'll write one message of it. Yeah, it was up for 30 years, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I also I know it's 20 years because there's no concept of time in there. Mm. He's been in there for a while because it's like he understands it and kind of goes, well, yeah, they're the all idea... idiots, but hey. That's yeah, if he it's... had kept the diary, he would have known it was 20 years. He didn't. So... Well, because the, alien, the, alien, <laughs> the aliens that, that, that created the environment because they found that the Hotel Royale book, that was what he had, they had on board, the... <clears throat> Craft, and it's yeah. what they assumed all, the, the life that all humans live by. So I found that the hotel d- that didn't date well. You could tell it's from the eighties. Yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, and I love the different approaches they took to finding alternate ex- exits. Yeah. <laughs> so you got Riker and Data looking, and then you got a wolf going, "Yeah, nothing. Can I just <laughs> can I make a hole?" Yeah, that's that. Just so <laughs> what. It just fits perfectly with Wolf's character, but yeah. I also like the idea of them paying homage to the cliches with the novel. So realizing how bad the dialogue was when Picard and Troy are listening to it, like listening to um, the exchanges on the planet. Phil, yeah. Hopefully, my moral message meanings will answer some of your questions because you, you're well, some actually, kind of. Oh, before you say that, I was just about to say something to go on to that. So it might be worth just just. I think it's it's another it's another clear example of. You know how humans control and shape things for the better. So we interference. So human interference making it better. It's a good example of an alien race also making the same mistake. Um, mm. I th- well, there's one stupid one. Don't become an asteroid for the NASA Ares Four mission. That's one. <laughs> it doesn't end well. Just, just spoiler alert. Um, some mysteries are best left. Un- unsolved. Yes, what I got. Seek well. forgiveness in person instead of through third person. Yep. I thought that was an interesting one. And this might become the most prevalent for what you're saying, Phil. Gambling is addictive. You you can lose yourself from it. It's tangled web. Uh, it, like it, it's inescapable. So it keeps yeah. going on because it's addictive, and they just can't stop doing it. That's what I got from it. Yeah. That's interesting, sorry. And also, um, I also found um, I, I quite like the little Texas character um, as well. The one later in it was a bit creepy because it's like he wanted to um, um, do things with Vanessa, and it's like you. Yeah, <laughs> true. But I, I, one of the things I thought was a bit is it, well, I, one of the things I did find was there was no ever no sense of any danger or urgency in the episode. The, the away team never really seemed in danger. Apart from being trapped in there, maybe. It's probably yeah. the only ever episode where the away team is never in danger. 
Well, they are. They, they could die in there, Jamie. Like the astronaut guy. Yeah, it's like 30 years later, yeah. But you knew that by the end of the episode they were going to get out in some Well, way. why do you think the yeah. people in the Big Brother house go loopy? Yeah, mm. true, but this is Star Trek. Not That's because they get given silly tasks to do. Yeah. And how is that not how would I not how would that not make you go, go crazy? There, yeah. yeah, but it was again it was just never I just never got a sense it's of it. It's what they describe as mild peril. Mm. <laughs> very very mild very mild to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really bizarre and surreal episode, but it in oddly it oddly works. I like the episodes where you see them in a different setting. So yeah. against people in normal settings, I, I like those. Yeah, I, can agree I don't with know that. why. Yeah. I just it's just nice to see them off ship and you know on a different set. So, but it is the most bizarre episode. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a piece of action from the original series. It's got yes. that kind of people yeah. out of con- again. It's fish out of water scenario. Mm. Yeah, just with someone not trying to drive a car <laughs> badly. <laughs> Well, I've, I've, I've always loved the piece of the action anyway. I mean, that one's just... It's nothing real in depth, but it's just entertaining as heck. Just me. like this one. Yeah. But no, I think I prefer piece of the action. Yeah. Shall we talk about Time Squared? Which Yay! I think is another one. So I love this one as well. This is this another is one that one. I'm putting up yet again. Yeah, this is... Which one? I'm just checking. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Are you putting this up, Phil? Um, I, it was a fifth. No, no, no. It's a, no, it's a lie. I think it was like a sixth or a seventh. Oh my God. God is left beside himself an Enterprise encounters a future incarnation of himself in a battered Enterprise shuttlecraft containing visual and captain's log describing the destruction of the ship and its crew. I have always loved this one. Um, I'm going to say really, really good one, but doesn't quite reach it for me. It's going up for me. Fair I enough. Think I'm gonna oh, I would actually. emulate what Jamie... Oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, no, no, no. I was just saying I'd emulate what Jamie's saying. Oh. Copycat. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought no, I, I would put this one up I really enjoyed this episode I thought there was a nice character development in the opening scene although yeah. it does cause bad continuity in this and next episode oh yeah um, because um, concerning Riker's father oh Klasky has no knowledge of him in this episode but in the oh. next one I dated him and didn't mention it yeah it didn't, it didn't come up oh, why not but, but I, to be fair they may not have known it would come up immediately after this one because they do. Yeah, to be fair, they might still. Yeah, they yeah. do. It's you say so. They do make it out of production order. But I also, I also really liked um, in that in that scene. I loved um, the way everyone tasted Riker's eggs and didn't like it except Wolf, and he goes, "Delicious." <laughs> <laughs> I've always impressed the Vortex special effects, similar to kind of the portal from. Um, uh, contains no, that when when it was showing on the data was showing it on the board. Are you talking about when it goes the the, the ship falls in? No, no, the vortex. In in Times Square, Phil, when they when they when they yeah, well, I mean, is it when the ship falls in? Just overall, Phil. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I... Specifically, because you got that big landmass, and you see the ship just get into it. Uh, it's another dark episode, but it's an interesting episode concerning time travel. Well, well worth watch. Yeah. Um, there's a certain scene that is taken out of context on YouTube videos, e.g. Star Trek The Sex Generation. <laughs> right. Right. The Jana Troy, he doesn't oh. want to be here on. Yeah. <laughs> um, second call out to the Morbius. As I said before, same old. 
Um, and it's the first time you probably see a Picard uneasy and unnerved. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, and yes, strange brave patterns, uh, brainwave patterns. But you know, I think also I found like um, some of the um, sort of you know I think the whole sort of thing about time and meeting and stuff. I think that was done quite well, and it actually make vague sort of sense as well. It's what the the, the six hour Picard represents to him is um, when when the the shuttle and Picard vanish. I think it's his doubts disappearing. Yeah. Right, so it's a really interesting um, insight into Picard's psyche. It's like a reflection of his other side, isn't it? Like it's a, something you don't something. see that often. Yeah, that's, yeah. True. that's yeah. why that's a bit off point. But that's why I like episode, like an episode like Lessons, where Picard falls in love, and you you feel you find out his passion for music because it's just a completely different side to him that you rarely see. Yeah, and, I love those sort of episodes. You know, and, and uh, you say so with well, this one, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Morris misses and meanings. What did we get for it? I got um the idea of getting a second chance to put things right if we make a mistake in our choice. That sounded uh, very much um quantum leapy, Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I sort of got the idea. Once we're in wrong. Yeah. Um, but also that some choices can't be unmade, so that's why it's important to weigh the options before you think how that decision. Mm, so you've gone very, you've gone down a really different route to me, Jamie. Mm. I've got learning about yourself. I've gone for you've got to be happy, proud of your decision, your choices and decisions. Mm-hmm. Your body clock is important. Take care of it. Be true to yourself. Learn from your mistakes and don't make the same choices. Mm. Think about the cho- uh, consequences of your decisions. Yeah. So how that? Yeah. How that affects others around? It's sort of like a butterfly effect, isn't it? In a way. I, ju- yeah. I just enjoy it. Apart from the small continuity. With Pulaski, yeah, yeah, it's it's always been a re- really really good episode, and I know sometimes I'm not as massively fond of these time travel episodes, but this is a good example of where it's done really well, and it's not it's not too sort of techno babbly, if that makes sense. You've also actually thinking about it, it's not in my notes, but you've also got Picard and Pulaski being at odds with each other, but indirectly. In what in what sense? Oh, you know, I'm not sure about the Captain Diana. Oh yeah, yeah. They, she calls for the idea of we might have to relieve him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's quite a nice little scene as well. Yeah, it's good. I find the whole, the, the whole opening scene really weird. Just what we were making it. the the yeah, it just what was that about? <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it's just meant means that they're trying to show that they've got a social life. That's what that's all about. It's just oh, kind of like it's not it just, all business. Yeah, it's like really weird. I can understand in the context of the episode what what the plot is. It it could seem a little bit out of place. I can understand that. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I mean it's it's one I've always enjoyed, but it's for me it's not a favourite contender. So always enjoyed it. Scramble did look horrible though. Oh, it looks well, Wolf seems to enjoy it. So well, if the crew, the rest of the crew don't like it, Wolf will. Yeah, yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, it's true. Talking about uh, Wolf not liking anything. Oh, the next yeah. one, <laughs> Cattle Pod. This the Icarus Factor. Oh, the Icarus Factor. Yeah. I really don't like this. Episode. Awkward. I really don't like this episode. Let, let me just uh, quickly read it out then. So Riker is a, is offered advice um, and a long overdue reaction of old hostilities are 
of his father. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Wolf begins to cause concerns amongst his colleagues when he starts acting strangely. Starts? Starts. Yeah. Um, yeah, this episode, oh, this, I've got so many problems with this episode. It's as long as my arm, I think, literally. Um, but what I will say as a positive to start off is I think the subplot is done mostly quite well. There's an um, even smaller subplot that just gets run about. What one's that? About the walk core. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I quite liked that Wesley's trying to figure out what's wrong with Wolf. And like, That's you know, a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. It, it needed more airtime. Yes. Yeah. I, I found I found that Wesley, Wesley trying to help Wolf quite touching, actually, in a way. And it's again, it's it's Wesley acting his age. It's, it's his, his friend's... Something wrong with yeah. it. He tries to find a solution to it, and I, I just thought that was really, really nice. But the the Riker and Dad plot was awful. Uh, well, you might recall, Jamie, ages ago I said there's something that may make you rethink about this. Go on. What occurred to me is that Riker Junior in senior relationship is very much like Indiana Jones's relationship with his father. Yeah, that's true. It's very, very similar. Yeah, but in Indiana Jones, it's done like 10 times better. Yeah. That's, that's a film, so. no. How do you fit it in 45 minutes, Jamie? They still did an appalling job in this episode. I'm sorry, Si. <laughs> it doesn't really... I'm, I'm not denying it. I'm just sort of saying. <laughs> talking of a good job. Talking of a good job. What about the actual scenes where the ship is hovering above the planet? I thought that was really good. Quick question, Si. Um, that's stuck, Phil. In, in Indiana... <laughs> yeah, I thought they were good. I thought they were brilliant. We had our grasp at stores trying to find something good about this episode, aren't you we? You could say that about every episode, Phil. <laughs> Let's go around the planet. Great. Let's go around the Enterprise. Let's I thought it was particularly good in this episode, but yeah, don't worry then. Chicken soup Fair is enough. still a remedy for illnesses even in the 24th century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so you were saying about Indiana Jones. That was like in the like, 80s, wasn't it? The, the one you're referring to with Sean Connery, wasn't it? Like 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, so was this. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, what I was going to say is, um, at that time, the father and son relationship, exploration was a big sort of story, but big thing in the eighties on TV, um, which is probably why they did this episode. But it's just, yeah, I mean, I'm not commending on money. It's just the fact that I think there's a certain it's a nice similarity, par- a parallel the there. Yeah, it's, it's a nice parallel. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So what's the parallel with blind gladiators then? <laughs> I just get ready. Contestant, are you ready? Gladiator, are you ready? Now blindfold. What? <laughs> I didn't like the revealing latex. Well, I just found that the whole rivalry and just they, the only way to deal with their problems is hitting one another. And it's like, come on. In a really in the 24th century, that's really how you resolve a, a One of my favourite sayings. Men are mad so women don't have to be. <laughs> And I just found I just found it far too soap opera like, and it just came across as childish. And the whole it's thing just a bit icky, just kind of classy whole... Troy thing. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. the whole just thing. Something about the episode that just oh. doesn't just, well, Riker... quite work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there are some oh. messages in there and morals and things in there. You don't have to dig Love it. Your father and not attack him. But the, you know the whole. Riker and his dad look ridiculous. And they said the whole Diana and Pulaski thing, oh my God, that scene was just just blatant sexism in there for a start. Just go, And it just felt like a regression back to season one. 
you know, yeah. and it's it's like, you know, and oh, just yeah, just a whole scene, and, and uh, even even Palaska coming back from Wolf's uh, right of ascension, she goes, oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad humans don't have to resort to that sort of barbarism. What? <laughs> you know, it's like again, it's that idea of clean culture. Oh, let's just dis- oh, hum- the human way is better, and really, it just oh yeah, it's- and. Life is made of decisions, do what you think is right, give people a second chance, forgiveness is always an option, change is part of life, embrace it. Uh, Sometimes, in the long run, it's best to get things out and open. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's a serious character development for Riker and Pulaski, but it's hard to, it's hard to really care as much when the development feels backwards, it's conveniently added on, like Riker's ambition to become captain, that just got randomly added on. And it just, as I said, the whole continuity was, you said so in the last episode, with Pulaski knowing Riker's dad. Mm. Just, yeah, I, this is an this is an episode, I'll, I'll, you, you know, you can probably tell from my voice, I found it very hard to be objective about. Really? In the, um, yeah. in, in, in Larry's, in Larry's book, quoting that again, um, they're in production order in there, aren't they? Should be. Yeah, yeah so, so actually, they do, they do follow on, so... Is it in Times Square where she has no knowledge and then the Icarus factor where she used to date him? So that does follow on. So that was just bad on their behalf, really. Yeah. Continuity-wise. Yeah. This episode overall, it's just... It, you know, I can understand what they were trying to do with the episode, but I also found that there was no sense of reconciliation at the end between them. No, I no. didn't think there was. I thought there no. was. Well, what I thought, Well, what I got from it was, I think... His father says, "Oh, I love you, son," and then Riker doesn't say anything, and that's just it's like what? I think it was still a little bit unresolved, wasn't it? Probably. It's, but... it's inferred. It's reading between the lines. Yeah. They're men. They don't talk about feelings. Yeah, <laughs> they, it's, it's that. It's that hold. It's it, it, we're too manly to hug it out, so we'll just sort of leave it as it is. But we yeah. both know what's going on. Jamie, you're forgetting second chances that he does it. It does get brought up, and he kind of goes, "Yeah, we did clear there." Oh, what in season mm. six? Yeah. Oh, okay, um, I forgot about that. Oh, fair enough, then. Okay, well, I'll take back what I said. A, then. Um, I'm just reading through my sorry tweet. That's right. What, what does this? I can't remember what contest this is in. So, data says if I were not a consummate professional and an android, I would find this entire procedure. Oh, yeah. Insulting. What's that about? I that's can't remember. The core, about the minimal plot about the warp core that there's a problem with it, and there's discussion kind of wouldn't you be annoyed about it? And kind of, that's what they says. It's kind of, yeah, I would be, but I'm an android, so... It's quite funny, yeah. I just remember writing but, that down. Yeah, <laughs> do, you, do you get what I mean, though, when I said that scene with Pulaski and Troy just comes across as sexist? Yeah, 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 yeah. very much just... so. It was a really awkward scene. But what I will say to bring awkward it back episode. on... episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What I will say to bring on to another positive as well um, is that mostly, apart from obviously Pulaski referring to the Barbary thing with you know, when she comes back from Walsh right of Ascension, is mm. they're mostly respecting and understanding other cultures again. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're actually all turning up, including Chief O'Brien, which I thought was cool. And they're actually so, there for Wolf in the ceremony. Yeah, that was, that was nice. nice. So, I did yeah. think possibly it was a little bit too PG-18 for Wesley, though. You know, <laughs> we should yeah. really be seeing this. Well, yeah. Well, it's on the holiday. He, let's be honest, he's seen a lot. And if he, yeah, he dated a princess that can turn into a weird monster, yeah, he's fine. true. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, we've seen a starship blow up in his face. In, yeah, yeah. in Tajan, yeah. Yeah, uh, true, true. So, so actual not... fact, it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we can definitely tell this is definitely going to be a favourite contender, can't we? We've got the next one. 
No, this one. Pen pals. <laughs> that was tight. Don't worry. Weird oh, fingers. Sorry. Yeah. Definitely. With the weird fingers. <laughs> well, That's, this. Yeah. Possibly not. <laughs> yeah. Um. This. This one. This is frustrating because pen pals is has a really great story hook about data breaking the prime directive, but it gets it's it's just completely the solution of what happens is just very convenient and i just i think the episode missed a really good opportunity this one with this one i've got even less for this one i've got four what, four what points pen, what pen really oh yeah. i love this episode what, who, the weird kid who wants to the weird kid who who wants to do the synopsis for this one then you on sarah me again while on an extended research patrol, Data makes contact with a primitive being on an unstable planet, which is in immediate danger and has to plead with Picard to help his newfound friend. Uh, I like what this episode stands for. I like, yeah, the data, I like the data elements of it. And it's really sweet that he gets a friend. But I would agree with Jamie that it was all a little bit too convenient. I think, maybe. Yeah, just like you know, the, the nature of the prime directive and then breaking it, and it's just like, oh, we'll we'll just wipe her memory then. It's a simple solution. But the thing is, it's like, well, you, you know, you, you're going to wipe the memory of this child. But have you even thought about it? Could it be harmful to alter a memory for her species? Oh no, yeah. we'll just we'll just wipe her mind anyway. I love the literal mind that they give her. Hey, do you remember that thing that didn't happen, but it did happen? Here's a stone. <laughs> And oh, again, it's like I said to Jamie once. It's the whole thing about Donna getting her memory wiped in Doctor Who. And it's like, yeah, yeah, everyone's talking about it, but you you're remembering it. But it's like the whole everyone's going to be going, what happened? That's all these things through come from the sky. Yeah. And she's going to have like flashbacks back to kind of seeing it all. It's just like... Yeah, but I, I also found Data and Sajinka's sort of friendship. I didn't really, it didn't really have any exploration. I found it really hard to sort of be bothered by what was happening as well. Um, but what I will say, I actually like the subplot of Wesley getting his first yeah. command. That was yeah. the cool thing. It's And you might realise it's the first time we see Picard's interest in horse riding. Yeah, which does and again. With a come brief up. insight into Betazoids. Yeah, and um, what I also quite liked about the Wesley subplot was the fact that the, the script actually reminds us, of, and slows down and goes, well, hang on a second, as Pulaski says, yeah, are we pushing him too far? So it's that reminder that Wesley is still growing up and he's not all saving the ship every week. So I quite like the fact that the script slows down and that moment to sort of remind us, well, hang on, should we really be pushing him this quickly too soon? Yeah. There's a bit of... He's fine. What's that, Phil? Like super kid, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's why I quite like why Pulaski sort of cautions it because again, it's it's like just reminding people. Well, hang on a second. He is actually just growing up still. I think she shows a bit of growth there, all because she actually defends Data in um, Captain's quarters. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. She's think come full circle yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that sign. Again, it's 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 again it's that really good character development of Pulaski over the season. Where first yeah. with data, and now she's starting to, as you said, she's starting to, as I said, blend in with the crew and see things a bit differently. Considering she's only in it for one season, she develops quite a lot from oh yeah from start to finish, probably more than any of the others. Yeah. And I think that's what I think. Because you know, people are not that fond of Pulaski. I think they just they forget that. Maybe. 
but yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I personally do prefer Beverly overall. I do prefer her, but I, I don't. She's not a character that you easily forget, is, is she? Who, Beverly or Pulaski? Pulaski. No, no. No, she's not. And I, I said I, for one season, I think they did a decent. I think they did a decent job. But the thing is, you wouldn't want a Beverly clone. No, exactly. No, it and wouldn't work. And that's why I like Pulaski because she's different from Beverly. Because otherwise, what's the point of her? You know, you have the same dynamic. You're going to go, oh, she's just another Beverly. Like I say, Diane Roldur got very few notes. So this yeah. is all what she inferred from it. And I know yeah. that she, she said in the social features that the writer said to her, oh, you, you, the characters turn out not the way we thought, but we love it. So they never really I considered how, how it was going to grow, how she was going to mm. act it, perform it. I did not know that. But I say, you can remember that scripts being sent in were written for Crusher. Yeah. And, and they, I don't think they were highly modified for um, Plasky, no. if, if at all. And what you've got to bear in mind for this season is also, with some of these episodes, maybe including the Icarus Factor, maybe I've, well, I mean, I've got a bit too harsh with it, but a lot of the time you had multiple writers and they all had different opinions on, on what, like the Royale, for example. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but apparently the two, two writers for the episode, they both had completely different ideas of how the episode should be. So it ended up becoming a mishmash of what we saw. So that's maybe why it feels so bizarre. Yeah. In a sense. But um, yeah, I mean, have, have we, should we go on to the messages? Or yeah, I have else? three. So, <laughs> <laughs> you have to grow up and take responsibility one day. Always ask if you need help. Friendship is important. Yeah. That's it. That's all yeah, I can find. Yeah, that's summed um, up pretty much so. What I, got, what I got from it was breaking the Prime Directive can have consequences, but some obligations precede duty. Humans Ooh. need that. <laughs> Humans need that emotional connection to animals, not just people for companionship. So when Picard talks about the horse on the holodeck, and taking responsibility and being in command is part of growing up and building self-confidence. Yay! Yeah. So that's, yeah, uh, well done. That's, that's good. So that's a that, lot that, to draw from that episode. <laughs> well, that's that. That third one is what I got from uh, the Wesley subplot. So yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a bit frustrating because I don't mind this episode. It's watchable, but I just felt the whole prime directive issue. I just thought it was just brushed aside, and it's such a shame because I, I had real potential. I think again, this suffers the same problem that. Um, the Dauphin had after following Measure of Man. This has the same problem um, coming before Q Who. Yeah. It's got the same problems. We've yeah. got the super plot against a mediocre one. Yeah, but it's interesting. I it found... sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's interesting because I've actually found a few episodes this season. I actually preferred the subplot to the main plot. Yeah, that does happen actually. Which is what I found, so. Shall we actually go on to Q-Who, which we're all going to put up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, is, uh, this is my fourth out of fifth in terms of contenders. Now, Phil, would you like to complain about Q for a few minutes before we start? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I've, I've already done my Q bashing. Okay. Uh, go on, Jamie. Okay. Uh, Q returns once more to the Enterprise and propels the, en- to the Enterprise and propels the Enterprise. That really doesn't sound right in terms of a sentence. Right? <laughs> um propels the Enterprise thousands of light years to prove to Picard that some threats are too much for humanity and the Borg is certainly one of those threats. Oh, I would agree with that, yes. 
um, when Picard, when Q says to Picard in that ominous way, that unlike anything you have ever encountered, oh, you certainly believe it. <laughs> um, this, what I found with season two a lot of the time is I've got, you know, you get the sense, you know, that that the crew are always in control. Yeah, they're in these dangerous and perilous situations, but you always know they're going to get out of it. This is a, this is like the first like time where you truly actually get. Yeah. They've got no idea what to do. They are really are in trouble. And it does give the Borg some teeth back as well. Yeah. This is well. This is This is the first time they happened. This is no, I mean, sorry. It gives them some teeth. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's that notion of human fallibility again, and that they still have a lot to learn, which is great, you know, and and I love the fact that Picard admits at the end to Guinan that, oh, actually, we needed a kick in our complacency. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I had an awful lot of fun writing these notes. Mm. I think there's a reference to Starbase 173, seen in Measure of Man. Yeah. In the conversation between Ensign Gomez and Captain Picard. I love the final piece of music. I've got a question about how the Enterprise can hail the uh, Shuttle 6 when it doesn't even know where it is, probably outside a hailing range. How does that happen? (laughs) I find it stupid that Wolf stands guard out out of one of the two entrances to 10 forward, meaning that someone could walk in the other exit and he wouldn't have a clue. (laughs) I think think at that point it was just cute. Picard said him Riker... Wolf out because he was going to lose his temper against the temper against Q. Well, it's, just it's the thing of off. I don't want to be d- disturbed, right? But Ten Forwards has got two entrances, <laughs> so you're guarding yeah. one, but the other one any, that means that any old crewman could wander in and kind of go, Oh, sorry, you're in something. <laughs> uh, I think there's a cue back to the neutral zone where they talk about the sixth planet. Yeah, because they mentioned about um, the ball, well, they, they were probably the cause of it, which I thought was a nice bit of content. Well. And the other thing I want to point out is, why the frick did they make Guinan see watch the Borg ship from her office rather than let us watch the ship out the window? <laughs> there was no advantage to it at all. No, but you saw her point, her, her worry, because obviously at that point she was like the all and end all. Yeah, but she's still looking at the ship. But what what I liked about this episode as a small point was I thought that Guinan got some good character development. So the fact that she obviously she's had a history, her people had a history with the Borg, and that she's had a history with Q as well, which I thought was interesting. It's a um, part of predestination paradox. Yeah, because the ship is en route after pick up the signal established in regeneration. Yeah, and then um, yeah, again. You've got first contact regeneration, and then Q who. Again, another again because you pointed that out to me. So when I was first watching Enterprise, that continuity, and you knew I'd love it. And oh my god, it's amazing! It's yeah. clever. Yeah, yeah. Really um, is. Like Jane was saying, it's like don't get over too arrogant, complacent, overconfident. Sometimes mm. folding is uh, necessary. Yeah. Our future, if we're not uh, careful, uh, don't come too reliant on technology again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it comes up quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is it's... funny, really, given, given how technologically advanced we're supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, but um, I also liked, again, I don't really think it was necessary, but I think it was because you said to me, so they were trying to set up, You might, they might have been trying to set up en- Ensign Gomez as a secondary character. Oh, yes, yes. And I thought that was quite interesting because, um, oh, I mentioned this in the next episode, Jane, but yeah, it's she gets introduced in the next episode 
there's a bit of a thing between Geordie and her, but it never went anywhere. No, which is a shame because I think which that it may have been budgetary, but I don't know. But it just yeah. seemed like there was something there. Yeah. It was going to lead something. He should have had something because his character was being quite loved by quite a lot of people. Oh no, Geordie's never. No, Phil, he hasn't. <laughs> Geordie's loner. Love character. No, Geordie's date has been more lucky with the women than Geordie has. No, loved characters in people loved his character. Oh, what you mean, fans? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll beg your pardon, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Geordie's, Geordie's, Geordie's just sort of there. He's so unlucky in love, isn't he? Mm. But that could have been an opportunity which he never had. But I did, I did love that opening scene where she spills the coffee on Picard. Uh, Hot chocolate, Jeremy. Made him sick. So. Hot, hot chocolate over Picard. I thought that was hilarious. I just <laughs> love what Geordie says. That's, I bet I can tell you one thing. That's a meeting the captain won't soon forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So again, I think this is one that we're definitely putting up. Uh, just yeah, the, the fact that the Borg are such a just such a threat, and you just really feel that. I mean, I remember it's the when first I, time you've seen that, isn't it? Yeah. And I remember when uh, Simon was getting me into Next Gen and I was watching through season two and I, I think I watched the episode with my dad and I remember seeing the Borg ship and the first thing I said was, what the heck is that? Because <laughs> the shot where, where you see the Enterprise up against the Borg is oh, massive. It's, yeah. yeah. And it gives, it, it's really well done because it really gives off that idea that they're a massive threat. And just, uh, I remember, actually, I think the episode actually scared me when I first watched it. It gave me chills, because it really is, it's, it's quite a dark episode as well, I found. So, it is very scary, very, very scary. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I just, that's just one of the early, early memories I do have of when I was, when Simon was first getting me into Next Gen, so. I would also suggest people listen to our um, DST 3 Part 2. Yeah, part two, yeah. Part, part one, part one. Part I always one, get that mixed one. up. Yeah. Part one. Well, it was part two. Oh, no, part that's our own part two still. is our talkie. Part oh, yeah. I always get mixed up. <laughs> and I came up with stuff like that. I always do. Never mind. So I'd listen to that about um, other Borg villains or victims. Worth a listen. Yeah, because obviously later on that, that's changed, yeah. Oh, I so... remember that. You were there. I was there. <laughs> You asked a lovely question. I did. I don't remember what it was now, but I did, yeah. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was about Riker, Riker in his uh, stance. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, I remember you were very excisive at and if I made a good point... I so did make a good was. point. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> oh, it's all, it's all about this episode? or No, about a fan oh. panel. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, are we done with QQ? I think I so. Think so, yeah. such a of Crook attempt to rescue Geordie from a slow witted crew of backwards who came to need the engineer's technical expertise while Picard is at a medical research base receiving a heart transplant. I've we always, like. I've always enjoyed this. It's not a favourite. It's a fu- yeah, it's a fun episode with a villain that you think is a bit dumb and a bit I've always silly. Enjoyed, I've always but that's what makes it like brilliant. I've, I've always enjoyed this episode. I don't know why. I've always had a fondness for this one. Um, just, you know, I, I think in particular, again, the subplot's great. I mean, I think Wyker, what, Wyker, Wesley and Picard on the shuttle, I think is really well done. 
it's not it's, apart from the fact it's nice they get some screen time together you also find out more about Picard again his artificial heart as mm. well which again is brought up later on in Tapestry again a brilliant setup for Picard's character other than, uh, character adding another layer to it to him James. yeah you just wouldn't have thought a character like that would actually have it would you Jamie I'll can ask... we share that one question we both asked each other last time we met each other or saw that? each other what was that? What Why was the frick did Picard get a completely incompetent doctor? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the idea that, yes, <laughs> they've done the procedure hundreds of times. We'll be home before dinner. But, oh, of course, it's Picard, so we have to get Pulaski. Really? Come on. So it, it, it just felt a bit too Yes, convenient. this is easy. Oh, crap, it's gone wrong. <laughs> and it's our number one captain of the, the, the flagship. Well, oh. Is there a decent doctor in here? No. <laughs> oh, but... I yeah. know someone. She happens to be the doctor that would have done it anyhow, but let's get her in. Hey, hey. Yeah, and huh? the... Um, what? <laughs> and I, I quite like the... And, and the, obviously, the main plot with the Pucklets I thought was interesting because in every way, the Enterprise is... They're, they're out... Patronising. Hmm? They're patronising to them again. Yeah, yeah. And I love this, that the Borg wouldn't even assimilate the Pucklets. Um, it's, um, it's a story from Strange New Worlds. Um, the tenth edition of it. It's called "A Dish Served uh, Cold" by Paul yeah. C. Sing. I can't. Don't know how to say. Well, it. I, I like the fact that the puglet, pu- the puglets, um, uh, called them out on the patronise. Like, yeah, you might be have a superior. You might have like more weapons and be more language, better language developed. But you know. So. Can I also point out this is one time Troy is helpful and then Riker just dismisses her. Yeah. It's kind of mild and a bit minor sexist. sexist. Yeah. I, I have got to point out, Wolf was also trying to be helpful, but again, he closed that down as well. Yeah, and it's like, it was, it's Wolf rightly says, we, know, we really need to send over our chief engineer. You could do, anyone can do it. I mean, yeah, again, it's pot, you need Geordie there, I, I get it, but it's just like, you know, we don't know anything about them at all, and you can't, again, it's judging a book by its cover, isn't it? And guess what? Do you know what the Starbase 515 operations room is a redress of? No. What have I said for the last few answers? Measure of a man, one. The bridge. The Enterprise Z Battle Ridge. <laughs> hey! <laughs> so, what did you think of this episode, Sarah? Yeah, it, it, it was... I thought it was a bit strange. They don't normally... Like with the patronising thing, with the with the dumb enemy, it, that's sort of not something they do so much. That was a bit different, but they yeah. still managed to outwit them a little bit yeah. initially, you know. <laughs> but I liked the Picard and Pulaski subplot, the sort of little bit going on between them. I, I liked that. I remember thinking that was, you know, she, oh, she, we liked her by now, didn't we? Yeah, really? I mean, yeah. Yeah, when, when she she's August, been forgiven. When she yeah. was Picard to the Starbase, and then. And then and then it goes past um uh Gomez and um Geordie and, and it goes, It's a nice day, Captain, and he just gives him a really dirty look. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I mean again it's it's an episode I've always been fond of. I don't know why. But You have you your know. reasons? <laughs> <laughs> well again it's I think it's similar to sort of the Cypher season one, um the naked time. Wasn't it, Cy? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few morals, missions, and meanings. Don't underestimate and patronise people. Everyone has their own strength, although the pack kids aren't intellectual, they are cunning. Yeah. Don't be concerned about organ transplants. They are perfectly safe, e.g. Mission Log episode on Spock's brain. 
broaden your mind. Anything's possible if you put your mind to it. Yeah, because also um, organ. I said organ transplants and organ donations. They're a big thing. They're still a big thing today, aren't they? So again, it's it's Star Trek having these messages like um, oh, uh, like contagion, the computer viruses, saying that was big back in the eighties, but can be still even more relevant today. And I think that's part of what makes Star Trek as popular as it is. And what a good way to go on to the next topic about cloning and whatnot. Mm. I like this episode, to be fair. Uh, Up the long ladder. Up the long ladder. <laughs> um, it's watchable, but this is not one I'm particularly bothered by. Do you want me to read it out? Oh, go for it, Phil. Yeah, go for Signals it. arrived from two Connollys, one of which was found to be most... Motley colonized collection, sorry, Motley collection <laughs> of primitives and the other a group of desperate clones who gain pool, gain who's pool, gene, gene whose gene pool, sorry, I need to zoom in on this, whose gene pool is fading uh, when these ex- extremists target an Enterprise away team, Picard is forced to take action. Um, I don't yeah, know this... where that second part of the episode comes from, but. I don't think that's quite fits when these extremists target an Enterprise away team, huh? Not, I, I wouldn't call them extremists. They're, they're desperate, but they're trying to survive. I don't really think I'd use the term extremist. Um, but you know, I, I found um, the whole the way obviously the uh, Irish Irish in space. I found it wasn't offensive, but I found the Irish very stereotypical. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. there's a bit of sexism towards the women. Yeah. As well. Yeah, as he's had his good way, doesn't he? Just in for good measure. Oh, yeah, yeah Riker. Riker. Which, makes me wonder, which makes me wonder whether, instead of cloning, she has his child, which would have made him destroying his clone totally pointless. Yeah, and Riker also shagged I just found it well. raised a hell of a lot of questions. <laughs> so it's like, if Starfleet's got unlimited resources and now Car's database with whole of some of human knowledge. Why did it take the weeks to work out the stress signal and Picard and Riker solved it in the space of five minutes? <laughs> wow. Didn't 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 Riker Should we didn't... just do a quick Google search? Yeah, here's the sound. <laughs> what does it match up with? Oh, it's that thing. Didn't Riker I don't think Riker even said why. It wasn't why it took them so long, was it? It was just this just, just took them a really long time. I wouldn't want to live in Mariposa. It seems a very boring, stale place. And oh, everyone no. will be exactly the same. No. And oddly, I found that Dr. Pulaski broke her Hippocratic oath when she gave permission for the record to destroy the clones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You have to explain that one to me. Well, they're meant to help people, not kill them. Yeah, and sure, and you know, I mean, and the other thing from that is, did they even tell Picard what was going to ha- what was going on, or did they just beam down without his permission? Probably the latter. Yeah, I'll do, and and he doesn't say anything later. It's like really, but I just I just found um, that they're not very. I just found the Enterprise weren't very open minded, um, and like even when they encountered like like the Borg, the crew were more professional, and like they they discussed that the idea of they're just patronised between both groups for different yeah. reasons. Yeah, I, I I I like this episode. And I, again, I have no idea why. I always have done. It's quite a funny episode, isn't it, in place? Yeah, he's just fun. Um, don't patronise and stereotype people. Survival is important in any, any way possible. Uh, yep. Legacy comes through procreation, birth of children. 
child illnesses in adulthood are nothing to be embarrassed about because we haven't spoken about wolf having measles. Neither way of life is perfect. Both have problems. Happy, happy medium is solution. I found that a bit of a filler, really, that opening scene with Wolf. Well, it, was not, it was quite nice having that tea ceremony with Pulaski. I thought that was quite nice, but I found that a bit of a filler. There's always room to adapt, learn from other people. I did. I did also um, love um, the when Wolf gives um, the Irish um, leader guy the um, the hello, the... my darling. <laughs> <laughs> I did love it when he gave him the Klingon drink from the replica. I thought that was brilliant. It has no bite. And then, <laughs> and then his eyes sort of water, didn't they? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why. What I... do you think? <laughs> do you happen to be married, Captain? <laughs> That's why I that's like, I've watched it so yeah. often I can just put sound bites quite that's, easily. That's why I don't do accents. Send in the clones. Because you're so much better at it than I am. Um, but one of the... Uh, Sounds should... important. Send in the clowns. Send the clones. Oh. Um, what, I, what message I got from this episode was that the differences between people and societies can be com- complementary. So the, the, these two, like, the, you know, the clones and the Irish, they're very different in the way they live, but they need each other, and sometimes differences can complement. So, Phil, yeah. how would you describe them solving it? Going on what we what we said last week, what did they get mm. to an awful lot of? They got up to a lot of nookie. What, what did you describe it as last week? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, don't act coy with me, Phil. You know what it was. <laughs> Go on, Phil. Squelchy, squelchy, goody, goody. Bearing <laughs> <laughs> oh, in mind, I wasn't going to say anything and he made me do it. <laughs> yeah. Now got into the area. For a ladies' present, Simon. Sarah doesn't care. <laughs> 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 that means you don't think... Cons- oh, don't worry, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Moving swiftly onwards. Uh, it's that idea of the naughty tit again coming out. Is it Sarah for Sarah? I just enjoyed it last week. It was silly. Oh, fair enough. He knows. He knows my wavelength. Well, well speaking of speaking of, I think Simon likes getting her on that wavelength, but well, that would be another. Of... No, I just, I just found it time. so funny last week. It's just like let's make Phil say it yet again. Speaking <laughs> of squelchy, squelchy. <laughs> next episode. Oh my god. <laughs> Awkward again. What's that man hunt? This is another like on some. I mean, it's like a cat on heat. Oh, it's, do you have a cock and balls? Yes, please. Well, it's, it's, it's the wax of the Troy, middle age, going through the Betazoid menopause. Love this episode. Uh, yeah. This episode. Had an ad, advert across her head. Are you male? Are you, old, are you older than Wesley Crusher? Come to my quarters. Oh, God. That mo- oh, yeah. This episode, it's, it's an odd one. You have nice legs. <laughs> I, uh, I did. I did find it funny at times, but other to- at other moments, I found it really uncomfortable as well. The fact that they do a whole episode on Waxana Troy is, you know, her menopause, and it's meant to play for laughs. I find it a little bit mean spirited. Jamie, I've said this before, but I've you'll see that I do not like this second half of the season. Yeah. I really hate it. I hate this yeah. episode. I hate the next episode. Peak performance, yay! Shades of Grey, yeah. eh. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, th- you know, yeah. So um, 
Jordan. It's not as bad as Fifty Shades of Grey, so. <laughs> you still need therapy for this one. Just kind of. Well, I would I would say therapy for the Icarus factor, but a different kind of therapy. But yeah, um, do you want me to do this one then? The synopsis for this one. You do the synopsis, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. You can tell I'm absolutely thrilled. <laughs> Um, the Enterprise crew welcomes an Antedian delegation to a peace summit, and Troy's mother, now in a phase of increased sexual activity, God, even saying it just makes me cringe. Has come to the yeah, Enterprise I think lightly. Has she definitely won a lot of squishy, squishy, goody, goody. Yeah, yeah. Has come to the Enterprise to visit Picard, which meets with disapproval from Councillor Troy and amusement from Riker. Can um, I just ask one question? Go Why the it. hell did Picard welcome the Antedians on the ship when they're bloody in, what was it, um, self-induced coma, meaning they're unconscious? <laughs> I suppose it's not like they can't even remember it. No, I suppose you're just leaving. But I just found the dress uniforms that they wore, I thought they were horrendous. I didn't like them at all. Is that the dresses? Yeah, just that, that Picard and Riker both wore when they... When they um, to relax and Troy, I just thought that they looked really bad. And another episode where they completely forgot about the peace summit. Oh yeah. crap, we forgot there's a peace summit going on. Oh yeah, they're terrorists. Yeah, and then okay. yeah, and then yeah, the wax at the end. Oh yeah, easy, I'll just yeah, read their minds. They're gonna So why didn't you tell us that at the beginning? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just thinking bum 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 bum. Yeah, I mean um, there's that mild sexism towards men this time. To make up well, for the last we episode. Our turn, let's be honest. What's that, Phil? We had to have our turn. Yeah, true, yeah. Got to balance it out. <laughs> and it's like soap opera or romantic comedy. I think that's what they're trying to go for. And there's a, there's, I think there's a few in these ones. Like, the next one's the same thing. Where it's like soap opera, just kind of, oh, will I find a husband by the end of it? But, you know, I think with with this one, I mean, again, I, I, what I did like, one thing I will say, is I think Data's babbling finally had a use, which I thought was brilliant. When he, when Picard and Waxon are having the dinner and then he calls Data along to, to you know... So yes! He, I thought that was brilliant. His, his babbling has finally come in use, which I thought was great. Um, and, you know, I, lo- I loved um, in the ready room when... Um, <laughs> When Luxana is uh, sorry, when Deanna is explaining about what Luxana's going through and, and Picard and Pyle's reaction and Riker's amusement, I thought that was hilarious. I really did. <laughs> but then you know the the fact that the whole episode is geared towards that. I just yeah, it just it's yeah. It, it should have been like a subplot. Yeah, well, I, I don't really think it would be even good as a subplot film, but it would have been less painful, yeah. I can tell you something, you wouldn't be able to get away with it today. No. No. Morris Mission's new meanings, don't fall in love with a fairy tale, don't judge a book by its cover, don't run away from your problems, honesty is the best policy, and looks can be deceiving. And old Ooh. ladies need something in their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I will say, what I did like as well, not on the whole Waxana thing, but when uh, Wolf and Wesley are in the transport room looking at the um, Antedian delegation, is I like the fact that Wolf says, "Oh, they have a certain dignity about them," and when Wolf and when Wesley goes, "Oh, you're quite handsome for a Klingon." Yeah, that was I a thought, nice thing. Uh, again, it's it's that idea in a slightly different way, but they're not judging the species. By, yeah. by their appearance, which, I've, which, Wesley, which obviously Wesley had done in The Dolphin, obviously. 
Um, but I thought that was quite a nice little moment as well. But yeah, I, I didn't get anything in terms of messages apart from we shouldn't judge a species by how they look, as you just said, so anyway, so don't judge a book by its cover. So, yeah, that's can, what I got. Can I say, can we move on to another episode that I don't care for, but hey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't like the industry. I never have done. This is the same we've probably oh. heard it. We're probably going to come to blows. I've yeah. never got the hang of it. Never have done. This for me is my last favourite contender of the season. Right. I think this episode. Oh, I wouldn't have said it's a contender. I just I like it as a, an episode, but no, 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 no. Yeah. Um. I. I. I do really like. I do love this episode. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I like it. The appearance mm. of Susie Claxton. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think don't I'm... get me wrong. It's a great interaction with Kayla. I just don't get it. I, I you know, <laughs> I, it's, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I'm the only one who's putting it up then. Um, do you want me to do the synopsis then, or? I can do it if you want. Go for, it. Go for it, Phil. Sorry. Then Therese becomes the temporary home of a special emissary who's been sent to deal with an emergency. A crew of 23rd century clones in Spanish animation is about to reckon to wage war against the former enemies of the Klingons, the Federation. Yeah, a situation that should probably never have happened. Well, for but me... it's a nice paradox. If you look at Space Seed, if you look, they, they keep doing it, don't they? It's sort of, let's freeze these people or let's do something so they've got no idea about the future. I, I kind of like it, but it, it has been overdone just a little bit. Well, what I loved, what I loved about this episode was the fact that Wolf, Wolf and Kayla's romantic relationship has bigger sort of, it's sort of, it's not, it's less focused on, yeah, but it, it really drives their character development. Oh, yeah, and, we get a kid out of it. <laughs> annoying kid out of it. That's true, yeah. No, it somehow say... grows up remarkably quickly. I didn't, I didn't, well, I, didn't, I don't really like that aspect of it, but yeah. Um, but it's what part I, of it. Yeah. Um, what I found was I like I love the notion of the metaphor of the cold Klingons in stasis, which I thought was a wonderful uh, allegory of how Kayla views Wolf when she thinks only honor matters to him. So, and I thought that really ties in brilliantly with Wolf's romanticism of how he thinks the Empire is or should be. But if you think of in later seasons of what actually happens with the Klingons and in regards to Wolf and his father. It's completely the reality is completely different. So I thought that was just a really, really clever observation. Just wonderful thing in hindsight that, that just set up that was picked up on later. And yeah. as you said, so yeah, that's one thing I got from it. You won't have a guess where the Enterprise lab room was a redress of, will you? <laughs> the Enterprise Deep Bridge <laughs> Battle Bridge. <laughs> Yay! Um, Did we get one right? <laughs> Did anyone else else notice that Admiral didn't have a com badge? No. No. Didn't, did he? No. That's true. It, it was a she, Jamie. Oh, sorry. God. Um <laughs> And it was a reuse of the photon torpedo coffin from Shinzo Shinzoid Man. Mm. Um oh, I haven't really got much, but from <laughs> the reasons that the subplot we'll doesn't you make you any, like it. any sense. I mean, yeah, Not the I mean... ship at Kronos until they wake up. Speed up the spend animation process. Have someone aboard the ship full time to wait, uh, wait for them it... to wake up. Or move the ship into Klingon space. Yeah, but the... move the ship into Klingon space. Yeah. I think the thing was that 
what the Enterprise what what tractor beam them or something. Well, you know the ship's out there, and they've gone. Oh crap! It's going to wake up in half an hour. <laughs> Let, well, surely we should go and solve that. Well, yeah, it's been floating around space for God knows how many years, and they've gone. Oh, you been... know what we've forgotten to do? Oh damn! They've woken up now. Wasn't it? Did, <laughs> what, you saying that they should have sent a Klingon ship to them? It's something they could have solved years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah that's a good And point, I don't actually. think yeah. they would have actually believed the solution. Oh, what the fact that it was just Wolf and Kalo on the bridge. Well, the thing was, they they, they didn't know. I mean, they could have, they probably would have thought multiple Klingons were on board. But even but um, in fact, Wolf's in a position yeah, of command, um, I think, was enough. I don't have a problem with that. But scan that ship. Okay, right. Two Klingons and nine hundred and ninety-eight humans. <laughs> Um, it's got a Federation warp, uh, warp core signal. Um, it's got yeah. the USS Enterprise on it. Um, yeah, hmm. but the, the thing is, it, it's showing Wolf and Kaylight that, and on the Federation ship and him commanding that diversity, that idea that the war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire is over. That's what I think it was getting. I mean, that's that's how the, yeah, the, the 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 idea of the episode was good. It's just how they did it. Kind of could have been a lot better. I I have to disagree. I think they did a great job. I, I love the. I love the. I said the whole solution to Wolf coming up with a solution, but what I also it just doesn't work for me, Jamie. I'm afraid that's, to say, it just doesn't work. It's fair enough. Um, I I like the Wolf and um, Kalos subplot, even yeah. though it does lead to Alexander. But hey, yeah. <laughs> but I just don't get the main. The, the main. Oh, I think is it subplot? I just don't get it. It just doesn't quite work. I think that really is just. A backdrop, really. I think it's just a backdrop for the relationship between. Wolf Are you and sort of Kayla. saying what we said right at the beginning? Is that it's an establishing episode for their relationship? Is that yeah. what you're yeah, trying to say? It where where would he find where would he find the time to find someone? Plus, I find it's I, I, I just found the old concept of Klingons, old Klingon, antiquated Klingons coming out of stasis. I just found something really cool about that concept. Um, you know, like there were like relics of a of a of a distant era or something. Which um, have been old Klingons. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I say relics, but maybe uh, more modern. They could have been old Klingons, new Klingons, and Blingons. Yeah, shouldn't they um, have been? Surely. Uh, maybe. Um, but what I also found as well, I loved the notion of uh, Kalar's struggle. So the fact that she was half human and Klingon hybrid, which yeah. again. Is set up nicely for Balana in Voyager. So mm. that notion of racial identity is interesting because we see Kayla struggle with both her sides. So she prefers her human side and she resists her Klingon side. And I think this is, I think it's actually really nicely paralleled in the Klingon stasis story where she sees no alternative but to destroy the ship. And, you know, and it's like, is that side of her coming out now because she's struggling with it? Whereas Wolf comes up with the actual more diplomatic solution, which is quite interesting. I just thought that was a really nice sort of parallel. And I found that also, whilst on the surface, her and Wolf were quite very different in terms of their values. They're actually quite similar in the fact that they're caught between two different cultures, but just in different ways. So Wolf yeah. spent his entire life with humans and has this romanticism about Klingons and Kayla is half human, half Klingon, but the other way around. human side, yeah. It's that whole you want to find a rock, but uh, sorry, a diamond, but actually you, you're quite happy with a stone. Yeah, and it's a, there's a nice comparison between her and Diana as well when Diana says, oh, I'm half human, half betazoid. And yeah, and I think Susie Plask, uh, Plask, oh, Plaxton. 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 
I can't impress her name. Thank you. Uh, I think she gives a terrific performance as Kayla. I really think she does. I she, love her. I'm, I'm, I'm gutted she wasn't in it more. Yeah, and I think for, for this first episode, for 44, I think actually she seemed more like a main character than a secondary character. I think she got more screen time than Wolf did. In this episode, yeah. Yeah, at least that's how I felt when I was watching it. But she, you really see what makes her tick as a character. And I think credit has to go to the writers. Um, Richard Manning and Hans uh, Belmer. Belmer? I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. And I think that, because I think this is an episode where that idea of character-driven episodes, like, like The Measure of a Man and other examples of where they really wanted to, instead of focusing on different species and threats from outside the ship, they're, you know, they're examining things with, other, with, with the characters. And, yeah, I think this is an episode which I, I've always loved, and I think some of it, personally. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't tell I love this episode, can you? Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but, the the messages I got from it was the notion of racial identity and you have to learn and accept, learn and accept and embrace both sides. Um, romanticism is nice for the imagination, but the reality could be very different. So Wolf's idea of what Klingons, what he thinks Klingons are, but actually what Klingons should be. But in in his experiences when he comes up against um, the Klingon Empire later, it's very different. Um, how things are to how we view them is based on experience. And also keeping their professional and personal separate in order to work with people you know. So when mm. Wolf, um, yeah. when Wolf is, he, he doesn't want to work with Color because of their personal history. Because says, well, is there any professional reasons? And he goes, well, no. So yeah, yeah. So I, I did get some. I just didn't get money probably because no. I didn't enjoy it. But and let's say it's very odd because it kind of contradicts what I said earlier. There's a solution to every problem. Think outside the box and follow your heart. Yeah. So it's a bit kind of, I know I'm a bit hypocritical, but okay. those are the points that I've found. Just... That's fair enough, Sorry, I mean, it's, it's good that we have such different opinions. I said, I understand yeah. your and I'm, I'm sure you probably understand my point of view. So, you I, know, I always I, try that's to. That's always what I always say to you both, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of, I may not enjoy it, but I'm glad you do. That's mm. what being a Sasha fan's all about. You respect to each, each other's choices and what likes and dislikes yeah so you know what you know you said to me it's like oh we'll probably uh go to blows this episode and we kind of haven't you've kind of yeah. gone fair enough, fair enough. i yeah. think you're totally wrong side but hey <laughs> <I'm>... yeah <laughs> but you know and also I hate you. <laughs> and, and this episode just again it, again it sets up things for later on so again wolf and alexander you know, um, and wolf coming are you into... my father <laughs> And Wolf coming into contact, I said, about his father and Kittimer and all that. Uh, wait. Are you my father? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a brilliant episode for me, and it's definitely a contender. Me and Phil so, are going to put the next one up. Penultimate episode. Yeah, the arguably the unofficial way, the season two finale. I was going to say, the, the, I actually was quite disappointed with Shades of Grey. I thought it was... I thought it was the, <laughs> Yeah, we'll I thought it was a load of tripe. What are they making me watch? We'll, we'll go on to that. I, was like, I actually thought I was starting season three. I got confused. Um, <laughs> How is that season finale? This is... Yeah. Well, I'll say the word. Feel. This is bollocks. I, I do share your pain, Phil. I do share your pain, Phil, I've got to say. I thought you were going to say something like this. Bullcrap. That's what you normally say that sort of. 
Who, me or Phil? Uh, I chose my words correctly, I think. <laughs> Should we do peak performance first? Yeah. Phil? Yeah. It, as, long, as long as we skip Shades of Grey. We can't, Phil. We have to talk oh. about it at least a bit. Sarah, it was is it? I like Shades of Grey, but I do agree. As a, as a <laughs> season finale, it was, it was booyah. So we were not talking about that. We are talking about Star Trek. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, me and Jamie do actually have quite a few points about Shades of Grey, so hey. Yeah, right. but, um, peak performance I thought was a really good episode, but I wouldn't put it up as a favourite. I am. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair yeah. No, I've already got my three. Oh, but no. I, I, I would have been, if, if it wasn't for Measure of a Man and Matter of Honor, I would have put this one up. You've put four up, Phil. You put four up, Phil. You put Contagion yeah, up. Contagion and. and, and, and... <laughs> four, Phil. Data. Okay, I'll put this one up. Fine. Five. <laughs> if you want to, you can. I don't mind. So, who wants to do a synopsis for this one, then? The Enterprise undertakes Federation War Games as a Dorian tactical observer Karami observes. Picard is pitted against Riker in a manoeuvre that is harmless until a friendly attack puts the crew of the Enterprise in a no-win situation. And I might add that um, Bracter is played by Armin Shimman. Mm. Which I didn't know. Um, and I've always hated Ensign Burke. Because he's a bit of a jerk. As I've made that joke. You got a name like Burke. that. Burke by name, Burke by nature. I've always quite liked Ensign Nager. And there's a bit of product placement on Wolf's desk, which I did, again, I, you know, I just noticed. A bit of Franklin Mint again. Uh-huh. Why the hell doesn't the USS Halfway not have transporters? And why isn't there an off switch for the war games? Yeah. Surely you'd have that. And do you want to know what the halfway bridge is a redress of? <laughs> is it the Enterprise D Battle Bridge? Strange enough, no. It's the Enterprise A Bridge. She got you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for that one. I thought in the Lisa HD, the special effects of the Starship's battle, like battle sequences. It just looks amazing. It really does. It's just like, oh my god, how cool is that? For a, a total ship geek, it's like, ah. Oh, <laughs> He's geeking pretty, out right now. Pretty. Phil, what about what did you enjoy then? I like the uh, the weird game uh, that he when he um, stuck the thing on his fingers and did that whole. I don't know what oh, the game was strat- called. Stratagemer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I liked it when you did when Riker did it, and then when um, Data did it at the end. Yeah, that was that was a good bit. I busted him up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found this episode really good for Pulaski, and it's kind of a shame because it's a penultimate episode. Yeah. So, like when when um you know I think it really shows how fond she's become of Data. So far from sort of the you know the bit, bit being a bit bullying in the previous episode, she actually seems conscious of that as personality and ego. So, you go. She got when he when she goes to his court. So how long are you going to sit sulking? Like Achilles in his tent, and then, you know, she talks about she talks to Picard about the problems he's having. He goes, well, the effects are the same, whether they're caused by human emotions or android algorithms. And I think they really found a good, interesting angle for Pulaski. Like, like they finally knew where they were going with her character, and it's just it's quite sad though. That yeah, scene. I get what you mean. So I thought that was quite well done. Always and, enjoyed it. Always have done. And and yeah, the idea of war games is really cool as well. So, Just... it's 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 an interesting way of them 
learning how to fight as well you don't normally see that for example you don't really normally see them learn how to train in in starfleet academy you don't normally it's, see that side of things it's the battle of brains over brawn that's what they're all about that's what they're trying to say what i also found as well with this episode is it's almost like a little commentary from that previous episode so this idea that wolf says oh there's nothing at stake about this what are we gaining from it and it's like um well from previous gaining everything episodes, yeah, from, from previous episodes, like the Royale, where they never really seemed in danger. And it's just like, it's as though, it's as though this one sort of commented on that. It's like, we do realise this. So, and of I've, course... I found a number of things for it. Don't go into something with preconceptions. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes mistakes. Like I say, brain over brawn. Don't come too overconfident and arrogant. Judge someone by your own experiences rather than through hearsay. Life is there to challenge us and don't bow to peer pressure. Mm. Yeah. I also loved um, the arrogance of um, uh, the Starfleet ad- advisor. What was his name? Um, Kor- Korami. I don't know. Korami. Um, terrifically, played Korami. By, terrifically played by Roy Brocksmith. Um, I, think, uh, I think it's a fantastic job. Um, and it's that sort of arrogance that you, you know that he has like um it quite actually reminded me of um oh um the guy from where no one has gone before um kaczynski yeah that's right yeah mm-hmm. yeah the arrogant sort of it was a really nice parallel to that just how arrogant you know this guy called was um and yeah just the whole episode is just really fun but one thing i will say not so much a negative but more of a an effect on why the last one was the way it was um i saw in um in like some uh, notes that melinda snodgrass was saying the fact that having two ships battle each other was really costly in terms of budget yeah because one of the big problems i had with this season the production crew was the fact that they were over budgeted on a lot of the episodes so maybe episodes like the child like Icarus Factory and ones like that. Bless maybe. you, Phil. Oh, did you just sneeze, Phil? Bless you. No. Bless <laughs> um, you, my child. Um, maybe that's, again, they, they had to go under the budget. So, yeah. Yeah, just... maybe. So, as but, I say, the document I've got it says they cost enormous amounts of money and not, not really as interesting as people conflicts. Yeah. Which exactly. is what we've had the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Um, the messages I got from this episode was overconfidence and arrogance is your worst enemy. Being fallible and making mistakes, but learning from them is part of being human, which is from obviously when Data removes himself from Duke because he made a mistake. But the fact I like Picard says to him, well, is you can still make no mistakes but still lose. So yeah. part of being it's part of being human, so Exactly. Yeah. So, um anything else to say about peak performance? I'm done. No, no, I think we covered it. Good episode, but not like you say. Not not on my top three. No, shades of grey. Woo! Take it away, Sarah. <laughs> oh, you want me to read the thingy? Hang on, I've lost my doc. I've lost my doc. Bear with me. Uh, While exploring planet Serata Four with Geordie, Riker is stung by an alien thorn whose poison creeps up his spine toward his brain. <laughs> Pulaski brings him back to the ship and tries to trigger emotional responses to destroy the poison. Poking his brains out. 
Actually, <laughs> I'm actually glad you read the synopsis, Sarah, because I think I would have gotten Sriracha 4 wrong when I've been made my Roman numeral. So I'm glad you I know. Sarah. I was like, just don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just agree that this is a crappy episode? Move on. <laughs> Sarah probably have something to say about that. Um, I don't yes. think. I don't think it's a. I. You know, it was really disappointing as a season finale episode, really and I get that it's. Yeah, I get that it's because of the writer's strike and everything. They were over budget. So I get that. But I, I liked the I liked the romance. You if it means me. anything, even the production crew didn't like it, Phil. Yeah, and um, there was a comment in the IMDb saying, oh, it's insult, insults audiences' intelligence. And that Berman and Bragg actually said they didn't like the idea. We think it would be insulting to them. So their thoughts were exactly parallel. Um, only time the biofilter override is used on a transporter... Um, another uh, I can't, again it's the other bookend to the beginning of the series and I found that it's a complete ro- role reversal from the child so you've got in the, um, in the child you've got Riker seeing Troy in sickbay whereas in this you've got Troy seeing Riker in sickbay mm, come full circle I found though obviously the, the fact that it was a clip show, yeah, it's, it is terrible because also Riker's memories all the last two years. But obviously, what you've got to bear in mind is filming new memories would have cost them more money. And yeah. It goes, Riker. And it felt like awesome. they ran out of money and then that was it. But the thing is, people berate the episode for that reason. And yes, whilst it's true, it is abysmal for that reason. You've got to think of the extenuating circumstances. Yeah, don't well. be too harsh on it. Yeah. Where did I they put think... that head restraint on him? I don't know. It's weird. Surely that's not good if he has a seat. What, what I will say that I did like about the episode, I've got three things I did like. I thought the exchange between Pulaski and O'Brien and the transporter was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> when I found it a bit false. Really? Mm, a bit too oh. staged for my liking. Oh, I didn't get that, but fair enough. <laughs> um, Each I, to their own. <laughs> I, I just love when he, when my brother goes, I hope these are the correct coordinates. I know how much you love the transporter. Plus, <laughs> as much as I love comical transporter series. I just thought that was great. Um, the second thing I liked as well was Riker's attitude to his predicament is commendable. Like saying that like the idea that the micros might just be surviving and they're not malevolent and his need to just keep up his human fake jokes. Um, and I think it also shows Pulaski as a medical doctor at the best when trying to save Riker. And I think he's being sent off for a final episode. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. So, yeah, the episode is awful. You know, it's not really much in the way of messages or any sort of character development. Oh, the, 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 yeah. oh he's Don't got messages. Too soon. Okay, I might just retract that. Go on, Sly. What did you get from it then? Astonishingly, I found six. Wow. Which is unprecedented, I think. Even I'm surprised. What, character (laughs) development or six points about it? Six Mora's messages and meanings. Oh, Mora's messages and meanings. Mm. The only ones I've got were space and death is a true test of one's character. And not every species is malevolent. It could be survival. That's all I've got. You're only the sum of your experiences memories. Change can happen over a quite small amount of time. This is kind of non 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 point, but hey, don't give Dr. Plassey such a hard time. <laughs> There's dangers around every corner. Mental mental health is just as important as physical health when you're talking about illnesses. Yeah. Shows that they've become family over the two years they've been together on the ship. Yeah, that's true. 
So it's, it's actually odd. I mean, I'd say with this episode, yes, it is terrible. But I know this is going to sound probably quite controversial, and I'll probably get shot for this. But <laughs> I actually think that this episode is better than the Icarus Factor. I think that, for me, is the, my least favorite episode of season two. Controversial. Yeah, I know that's probably shocking. But... Yeah. I just think three face error. I think you you got me and Jamie at least thinking about it when we came down and saw you. Yeah. I think you got us both thinking. We didn't kind of go, we didn't just dismiss it. We actually, it played on our minds a bit because we knew Aww. this was coming up. Because you kind of went, you said what you what you said in this episode. And I think it did actually generally get me and Jamie thinking, kind of, actually, have we missed something? Well, so we've totally actually fair, spent yeah. a bit of time actually going, hang on, let's so let's be fair to it and give it a give it a Whereas hope. Phil's just like, no, it's crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, it is. But yeah, yeah even in the work, even not Icarus Factor, I, I I do really hate that episode, but there are pluses in there. In every Star Trek episode, no matter how bad it is, there's always something you can find in there. Whether it's yeah. really, I've changed my mind about the Attack of the Pancakes. <laughs> yeah, Attack of the Pancakes. I had to do, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall as a season, Despite the problems it had backstage, I think they did a pretty decent job. I would agree. The, the uh, less you have, the better it is. Isn't that you, you know? Yeah. The more creative you are. I think I said that to Jamie last time I spoke to him. The more so, creative you are, the less you have. And I think some ways that's kind of how we work. We yeah. have literally no no resources whatsoever, <laughs> but we come up with hopefully interesting concepts. Hopefully last week showed you that, and hopefully the week before that did with Anne Frank. Hopefully. That just shows what, who we are and what we're about and whatnot. And we do so, actually do better Star Trek every now and then. Mm. It does happen. <laughs> so, is there anything else to say about this final episode? Not as bad as I thought it was. Same here. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um, um, so we've got to pick our, our favourite now. Oh, dear. This is, um, so, should we just remind everyone and ourselves what we put up? Oh, God, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> elementary dear data measure of a man a matter of honor contagion and then um i can't remember the name of the ungrudgingly like peak performance if i recall peak yes performance, um i put up elementary dear data matter of honor measure of a man um q who and at the emissary sarah do you want me to go or do you want, who are you gonna say i think i put up elementary dear data uh, measure of a Man, yep. and I can't think of the other one. Elfwyn Wiles. Was it Q? Was it Q? Who Sarah? Wasn't it? No, it was the one with the time travel. Which one was that? Oh, time, no? time squared. Time squared. Yeah, with that was with the two Picards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I put that one up. And what about the guy with the um, who looked like the? Uh, the um... <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, when I'm like it goes, it goes in my head and then goes straight out at the same time. The um, one, the one, it's, it's the stowaway, and then you got the Romeo and Juliet right at the start. Oh, I don't think I put that one up, did I? Oh. Well, uh, you like the guy in it? He was hot, yeah. Well, outrageous Sakona film. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't put that up as one of my favourites. I don't think. Um, so what were your side? The silence has least. Loud as a whisper. Measure of man. Contagion, Times Squared. Oh my God! Q <laughs> and peak performance. Wow. So, so we've all said measure of a man. So I think that kind of one. Mm. 
Well, it's which one do you want to go for? That's that's the well, question. Measure of, that kind of... measure of a man. How about you, Phil? Measure of a man. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm if I'm going from what I went for last year, because I go for impact wise, I'm going for Q Who. Oh. Kind of secondly place, kind of in between, I would say is Measure of Man. But unusually, it's kind of second place because both of those episodes you kind of got to say it would be kind of unprecedented if we didn't. So I think maybe we should actually say what our second choice would be. So mine would be uh, Loud as a Whisper. Elementary Dear Data. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I've got I've got a pick now. Um, so, as my ultimate, as the one I picked favourite of the season, it probably it would actually be. It really was difficult, but I would say Measure of a Man, predictably, um, for pretty much all the reasons we said, and and also, but I would also put the emissary as a very close second. Um, because that again, it's 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 just the whole Klingon thing. I don't know what it is, but I just find them fascinating. Um, but as as I said, the main one that had an impact on me when I first watched it, and still does now, is is um, oh, is Measure of a Man because yeah, as you say, it, it's Star Trek. It's, it's apart from the fact that it's it's Star Trek living up to those I- ideals in a way. It's also examining that darker side, that conflict that Deep Space Nine had. And the fact that Next Gen is not as rose-tinted as I thought. It's really changed my perception of... It really changed my perception of Next Gen quite a bit. Um, so I think I have to award it for, to a measure of a man for that reason. So it's quite interesting. Compared with last year... Because I'm the only one that's gone for Q Who, aren't I? Because the rest of you have gone to the measure of man. Yeah. Last year, it's very interesting. Because me and Phil both went for Neutral Zone. Um... Jamie, you went for Heart of Glory, and Sarah, you went for The Big Goodbye. So it's really interesting how things have changed since then, last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm on my own. I've, I'm the only one for Q Who, but it's just the fact that it led to the Borg. I but... get why you've chosen it, 100%. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I do as well. I, mean, I think yeah. for me, what again, I know, it, I, know it's, I know it's hindsight. I know, and you've got to think of it in terms of the individual episode, but obviously with the Borg, it's the fact that later they just took them too far for me and it was just even with seven of nine <laughs> character development wise she was a great character she was very complex but the fact that the ball just again it was they got overusing and it just became too too easy personally but you can't again, say that for the first one what's that Sorry, sorry, what's that? Sorry, you can't you say that for first contact, though. Oh, no, not first contact, no. no. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely understand why you'd go for it. But you know, you, you, you've got to remember you are forgetting that it did lead on to Best of Both Worlds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually rewatched yeah. that recently, actually. I've been watching random episodes of Next Gen. That's what it's the fact that, yes, I can understand what you're saying about uh, Measure of Man, but you've got to remember it's got very small impact on the rest of the series all you've got is a few scattered episodes in um voyager with the doctor that's about mm. it good point there's not a lot res the borg that was a thorn in the federation side for a long time well, i think i think for me i think the it's not so much the impact on the star trek universe it's more for me 
the impact it had on me personally and my my perceptions of what well, my perception of next gen due to the whole conflict thing and just the fact that it's a cornerstone of what Deep Space Nine would be that more darker, gritty, realistic side of of the Federation. So yeah. I, think, I think for me, it's not so much start impact on Star Trek universe, but just more, me more personally. Yeah. So, but Definitely. no, it's fair enough. So, so I said I can understand your points. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Does it surprise you what I've gone for? Or what no, no, for? not at all. No, not at all. Well, I think it's quite. It's probably quite predictable what we've all gone for in terms of like measure of a man, but I think there are reasons are in not what you would normally think they would be. Um, That's why I asked for a, like a sec, like a secondary one. Yeah, because I think mm. because the ones that we've gone for are so predictable that I think you've got to add in a kind of honorary honorary mention. Yeah, just and, to kind of yeah. counter that a little bit, just kind of what our true answer would be. Mm. I think, and I think that's a bit more of an insight than, oh, we like the two obvious ones. <laughs> that's what everyone's always going to choose. So it's just, mm. that's why I said it. And so I just think Louder I'll... Whisper has got such a good um, Mora's Mission meaning to it. I just had to choose that. Mm. Yeah. That's fair enough. So, I mean, my other choice would have been possibly a matter of honour as well. I mean, that, that's, that's again, that's one that's always been a favourite of mine. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say the episode for me, it just that episode just really is really resonating for me. I've always kind of liked it, but never understood fully why until we did this. So there you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that means okay. brilliant. Season, yeah, that does indeed. I think it ends our season two review. So we hope you're still with us. Wow. So I, I don't know how long that was. Possibly, I think it's longer. Well, it's two minutes. It's two minutes. It's two hours since uh, the hiccup. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably about three hours then. Whole episode probably. Um, I'm up to nearly four. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. And um, yeah, if you're still um, there. If you're still there. Yeah. You know, you know, you know you, Dan. Will you're be. watching it for the second time while you're doing the washing up. I was going to say, you know, Dan will be there. Dan will see it through. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, would you like to say where they can find you? They if they don't know. already know by this point. <laughs> um, you can find me as the original tit or as one third of the Trekkie Girls <laughs> or even on Sereno's Eyes as if, if you uh, if you like to look there. I'm there look, in the, look in the detailed podcast schedule. It'll be in there for sure. Not sure about the <laughs> um, the data in the episode, but I can tell you it's definitely in the um <laughs> In the detailed podcast schedule on our blog, so go there if you want to find out more. I can't promise yeah. anything on the episode itself. I, I don't know. I, I don't do that one. Um, and this episode will be out um... now because you're listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> some. We at some point. We haven't decided yet, but enjoy. It'll be out at some point. It'll be out, Jamie, because otherwise they wouldn't be able to hear it. Well, yes, I know that, Phil. I think Jamie's losing it. I think Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, should we anything? Should we sign off then? Or y- yeah, yes, Jamie. We're not going yes, through this again. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's, as always, I've been Phil. I've been Simon, and I've been Jamie. And obviously, we've had Sarah, Sarah back on. So Yay. thank you so much for coming back on again, Sarah. No, thank Wait. you for having me. I'm going to try really harder next, much harder next time if you have me on again to like have some deep and meaningful thoughts it's season three so that's where it gets interesting i'm gonna do my research next time i've completely winged it today so well you've done well sarah (laughs) you have you've done very well thank you very much i've had a lot of fun
And of course, we're going to have you on again. So, oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Right. <laughs> More than welcome. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back soon, guys. So until then, bye. 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 See you later. Bye. 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 bye.